The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. That's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, so sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Endeavor confirming this deal to merge UFC with WWE, forming a $21 billion global live sports and entertainment giant. Let's bring in Scott Wapner, who talked exclusively with Ari Emanuel and Vince McMahon, brought us some sound in the nine and, and some new sound now. Yeah, i got some more for you now. It was the biggest question once it became clear that Vince McMahon was willing to sell a controlling stake in the WWE. What role, if any, would he play in a new company? Most assumed McMahon would leave the ring altogether following a sexual misconduct scandal that rocked the wrestling company. I asked McMahon about the emotions of parting with a business his father founded back in 1953, whether that scandal ultimately led to this moment. I can't help but wonder, and I have to ask you, had the scandal not happened, right. would we be sitting here today? Absolutely. Why? Because it makes sense. You think that nothing's ever happened like this before. And again, I'm always looking what's best for our stockholders, what's best for the company. This is the best thing that's happened in a long, long time. All of the WrestleManias combined have been 39, including uh, tomorrow. Um, does it really equal to the magnitude of, of what we will do together? Did that event push you towards this day faster than you thought you'd ever be here? Um, no, it didn't really in and of itself, no. But uh, it's great that we can combine all of this news together at the same time. Is this a good day for good Vince day. McMahon and it's the WWE, a, it or is it a, is a great it a, day? Is it a tough day as well? This this company's been in your family for 70 years. Mm -hmm. Is it a tough day? No, it's a great day. You know, things have to evolve. The family business and all has to evolve for all the right reasons. And this is the right business decision. Thus far, it's the right family decision. I want to ask you about how you think about your legacy. 
given where you took this company, what's happened in the last year, the regrets you may have as a result of all that, and how you think your legacy will and your story will be told? Well, let me just say it, I've made mistakes, obviously, you know, both personally and professionally through my 50-year career. I've owned up to every single one of them and then moved on. I'm not sure you know, the legacy stuff, I'm not gonna write it. So I don't know. Um, I wanna say as someone who had a, an extraordinary amount of fun, great passion for what they did, and wound up doing the biggest deal he's ever done in his life. Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel, who also becomes CEO of the new company, made it clear during our exclusive interview that he wanted McMahon to stay. He called him a cable television pioneer and a visionary. And just one more important note, just to remind you, I am personally represented by WME. It's a unit of Endeavor, a talent agency that represents several CNBC anchors and on-air reporters, Carl, you included. Um, I think this came down to a simple question. Is the WWE at this moment more valuable with Vince McMahon in it rather than out of the, of the company? And I think Ari at this moment thought that he was more valuable in it. What he could learn from him over what he has done, as he said in his 50-year career, Ari went on about how Vince was a visionary, saw cable television and the power of it and live events within cable before almost anybody else. I also think it's, it's clear here, Vince is 77. He's in the September of his WWE years, if you will. He's not gonna be in that role forever. And I think that Ari thought that McMahon's IP, his intellectual property, was more valuable right now in the family rather than without. Right, yeah, a bit of a founder's premium, uh, so to speak. You mentioned the, uh, the rights renewals that are coming up. That's going to be the next chapter in the story, right? Oh, that's the, and the biggest, arguably, of all. They expire both with NBC Universal, our parent company, and Fox next year. They have not started negotiating yet, from what I understand uh, from our conversation yesterday, but that's going to begin in earnest. And they're going to command top dollar. At a time where there's questions about the economy and where we're heading here, the deals for like a billion dollars each with Fox and NBC Universal. Are streamers gonna come into the mix? That is a critical question. There's a separate deal with, speaking of streaming, with Peacock and, and our parent as well, but that was signed in 21, right. and that's its own thing. But the big one is about to begin in a very big yeah, way. I mean, it, we know about media, the splintification, but you need it to be live. It helps if it's sports, and it helps if it already has some name value, and the name's got decades of uh, notoriety under its belt already. I mean, if the day ends in a Y, you may very well see the UFC or the WWE on television, as they've proven that they are highly capable of doing. More on the half? Yep, we'll have more coming up. Right, we'll see you in a few.
HMG Hameen Army, it's me, it's me, that order the B to V, Richard Bronson Vickery, getting things going, yes, a special 1 p.m., I'll say it again, 1 p.m., who needs that 8.30 a.m. BS, no, 1 p.m. Eastern here, special start time, Monday locker room, hey baby, we did it, we survived, we survived the marathon, not just Wrestlemania Sunday, Wrestlemania weekend, Wrestlemania week. Hey, we have got so much to speak on. Hey, we, we have got a, a lot to cover from the headlines and happenings at the showcase of the immortals. And oh yeah, there's some business news. Yes, business news. Media mergers that we have got to cover here. Again, very special afternoon start time. Monday locker room. Hey, I, I've been thinking about this. You know, I, I kind of, you know, we usually go what an hour, two hours. How the hell am I going to cover this thing by myself? Uh, but hey, we're going to sell that. I'm going to need your help over in the chat. Hey, like, share, bring as many people in as you can. We're going to be reading your comments uh, for the next couple hours here, talking all things WWE and WrestleMania. Maybe the dingo uh, we're, we're What? What the? The hell is that? <laughs> Jeez! Oh, wait a wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen, up there, up there on the stage, Jonas, you you were not planned to be here all the way from down under. Jimmy T from the PWC, what what the hell are you doing here, sir? Oh, that's what I'm wondering. I, I was actually quite chuffed at hearing the national anthem, the Australian national Anth anthem, Rick. So I'm I'm actually honoured to be on the Monday locker room, dude. Well, you know, WrestleMania, it's all about that international flavor. Uh, and we saw some heavy hitters from around the globe. I, I know you want to jump into all of this, Jimmy T. Uh, I, hey, you know what? Hey, this is just like this is just like Raw after Mania, right? You never know who's going to show up. Hey, it's going to be me and you, I guess. The Vince. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vince. That, that, Rip, Rip, Rip Rogers guy. Ladies and gentlemen, the vet, the vet is here making a, a special appearance from, from light. The, no, not light diffuse. Where I'm at, here. I'm all confused. We've got so many surprises <laughs> coming in here. Next level, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, great to have a pro vet. Thank you for joining us. Oh yeah, well you know I only get invited to the Monday locker room when uh, Ben's on vacation, so I got to make my yearly appearance, right? So. Hey, you know, he's been, he's been getting more and more vacation time around here. I think we're just getting one of these every three months. That's right. Yeah. Hey, he, he, he has been on the record of saying you're the only other person on our platform in hell, maybe all professional wrestling that scares the death out of him when he has to go toe to toe with you on the show. Maybe that's why. Well, that's all right. I'm busy holding out his undisclosed West Coast installation here. So if you hear the choppers or the attack dogs outside, just don't don't pay any mind to that. Just know that we're taking care of HMG business on the West Coast. Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm just happy to be right here on the Monday locker room with the both of y'all talking WrestleMania and the big one, guys, the sale. I mean, I can't believe it's then now Endeavor. You know, both of you, I thought I was going to be out here on the microphone by myself. The two of you joining. Thank you guys so much. Uh, now what the hell? What do we got now? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 
what, it, what the hell is this? Going down south, I'm going to leave my world behind. Oh. <laughs> What's going Back on the HMG. It's MSG. Suck my balls, baby. What, what a run. What a, you know, hey, what a surprise. What's going on, guys? I'm your host in the heat, and I can't be beating you guys. Hi, where the air is dry. Your boy, MSG. Yeah, what's going on, guys? I actually watched WrestleMania this year. First time in, like, three years. You know, both days. And I was just, you know, texting Rick this morning. I was like, oh, you're going by yourself? Well, that'll be a good show. I'm looking forward. Like, well, are you rolling it? Okay, well, here I am. So it's a pleasure to be here. First time. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. First time I need to recognize the greatness here on this podcast. This is the first time I've ever been on a podcast with the vet. So, sir, I tip my hat to you. Thank you for taking over this show and this whole platform itself when it comes to professionals. Oh. Yes, well, you know, it's just, it's the least I can do, even though we have been on a podcast together. If you don't remember, I was on Light the Fuse with you before you left. So I was high, so I probably don't. Oh, all right, yeah. Okay, I was Light well, the Fuse. Light the Fuse. Second time ever on a podcast with the vet. Well, I'll, remember. I'll remember it. And then, of course, it's me, Jimmy T. I've never done a podcast, but we've talked. Messaging. Good to see you, buddy. Oh, we've spoken plenty of times, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm even more pumped now that we're doing a show for the first time, MSG, man. It's, it's an absolute pleasure, man. It's, it's a long it's time coming, great. that's for sure. Absolutely. And Rick Vickery, what's up, asshole? Uh, hey, you know, I was thinking about when we were talking this morning, you said it's been a couple of years since you've watched the WrestleMania. I think that was the, maybe the last show that we had maybe done together was the, the yeah, COVID the WrestleMania, the two-nighter, the yeah. first two-nighter. <laughs> Me, you, those, me, yeah. you, and Jargo. Uh, well, well, hey, welcome back to the WWE Universe, MSG. Well, well, welcome back. <laughs> With open arms. We've got I'm a so lot excited. to cover here, gentlemen. Um, tons to cover from, from WrestleMania itself, some of the build, the storylines going in, coming out of it, as we look from a character standpoint. Uh, but, I, you know, I think to get things going here, you know, we – We'll talk about the big news, uh, the big happenings, the rumors, the rumbling started yesterday. It looks like this, this bad boy has been made official. At, uh, Endeavor, better known out there to many as the parent company of UFC, is going to purchase WWE. Uh, they're going to finalize this thing on the back end of 2023, look for it to go official in 2024 as they both join forces here. And every well, everything kind of joins forces, WWE getting absorbed into this conglomerate. Uh, under a new publicly traded company. You know, it's been a long time happening. These headlines, we had all the rumors. It was Disney in, in the works here, Comcast, uh, Universal. And this this company really comes out of nowhere. Uh, this Endeavor vet, I'm going to go to you first on this thing. You've been inside the belly of the beast hmm. with, with, you know, OV, OVW, the uh, development hmm. system. You've seen people that have come and gone from the top there. You've seen the business workings. Did you really ever see this day coming? No, I didn't. Because when you have such an egomaniacal person uh, in charge of something that he, you know, most people will say that he, you know, this is his baby he built from the ground up, even though he really just sort of weirdly bought it from his dad and some weird shit. Like, but anyway, never mind that. But most people will just always associate Vince with this thing and it just if anything you know about him you're like why would he ever want to relinquish any control especially with all the stories that we've heard over the years of the micromanagement 
and and things that he's always got his hands in everything even when it really doesn't need his you know input or help he's just always doing stuff like that and to think that somebody like that would ever be comfortable just you would think he'd take it to the grave with him just like you know an, an egyptian pharaoh that would get you know like buried you know entombed with their living slaves and pets and other things like you just no 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 i'll i'm going you know the i'm not going down with the ship the ship's going down with me basically is how you've always imagined it going and at at best you would think it would just stay in the family like uh you know when i'm gone you know my son or my daughter or my son-in-law they'll take take over you, you know we all just kind of assume that and uh so to to see him relinquishing you know any aspect of control um is quite frankly bizarre to me and i know i didn't think that this day would ever come um i also after hearing all the rumors of things i didn't think it would ever come simply because who the hell would pay overpay for this shit product like who i said it multiple times on hmg shows who the fuck wants to buy this you know like that that's what you know that's what i'm thinking it, it just seems like you'd be and and uh you know to to hear that somebody does actually want to pay for it that's shocking in and of itself and then somebody actually paying for it actually over what they asked you know that what what, what was the number rbv what was the final number for the I, sale uh, Nine, 9.8 is what 9. is out there right now, Vince. 9.8? Yeah, the thing at, at, at 9. He wanted it at 9. Uh, I've seen 9.3 to 9.8. So floating around in that area there, uh, absolutely, as you said. I mean, where, where are they coming up with the value? Uh, and, this, and I guess, you know, it is so many of us had speculated that maybe Vince was just, you know, highballing individuals hoping that the Saudi – backing would just jump in with all the money in the world and just would just you know gobble it up at any price here but this endeavor really comes out of nowhere yeah. jimmy t let me ask you we get the, we got the vets you know protected there so it's been inside the belly of the beast uh you know you as a talking head you know more on that fan side what was your thought when, when you see this that it's finally really going to happen i've got to admit guys i didn't think it was going to happen i thought Vince man was pretty much just playing hardball but really, it's over his dead body. But no, apparently he, he's done it and it is a done deal. But something tells me, Rick, that uh, Endeavor got swerved here, man. I, I feel like the, the the stock price for WB is going to drop soon. I mean, the, the, the contracts are coming up for, for Raw and SmackDown very soon also. And, and what happens with pay-per-view? Are we going to get pay-per-view once again? Or are we going to stick to this model with Peacock and, uh, and whatever else? And whatever other deals WWE have worldwide. I mean, that's what I'm really intrigued about right now. And does Triple well, H it, keep his spot? It does, well, it, it does look like from uh, from the business perspective of this thing, you know, everyone's just thinking when you, when you hear the merger that they're coming together. When you look at somebody like UFC and WWE, they're going to stay as their own respective companies. You know, their headquarters right. are going to be in the same area. Their, their structure is still going to be there. Uh, the WWE board will be restructured. Uh, there'll be 11 members on the committee with Vince leading that. There'll be five chosen, you know, that were from WWE side, uh, six for Endeavor. So they will hold that power. Uh, the the current guy, you know, that's over Endeavor was it Emmanuel. Uh, he will he will be the you know the president of it. Uh, but you know, a lot of those people are still going to be in charge, and Khan's going to still be the CEO uh, of WWE. Nice little bonus for him. He signed on for a ten million dollar bonus once this wow. thing 
get settled. Don't don't worry about Triple H too. Uh, he has been written in there for a five million dollar bonus once everything really? gets settled. Yeah, wow. so I mean, it, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of people think they're immediately just like coming together. Like when you know, in wrestling, immediately we want to go what we're familiar. That this is going to be something like an esque of like WCW and WWE oh, no. back in the day. But they're, yeah. they're all going to be completely different entities. And Endeavor has, I mean, dozens of different holdings. A few that really jump out to me here. It, one that was just kind of funny. You know, they obviously got the UFC, but they have uh, the Bull Riding Association and they have right. esports. Oh, and, wow. Now, MS, MSG. From you know, from your professional background in the world of entertainment, you know, you do production to television and all that. Uh, how big is this for for the industry to to see uh, WWE kind of being consumed by such a conglomerate? Yeah, I mean, I was pondering that this morning. Jimmy Team was bringing up some good questions from the business perspective because that was one of my first things when it came to from a live event perspective, right? You are you they going to package everything now under one umbrella when they go to networks like ESPN, NBC for these premium live events? Are we going to see an increased amount of premium live events so that way they can get back their ROI a lot faster, such as how UFC does those like weekly, big, right. these weekly events every fucking week, right? Are we going to start seeing house shows recorded? Is that going to be something that's going to be part of the package because content is king right now? Um, from a financial perspective, I'm interested to see how UFC fighters respond to it. How are you going to respond? You go out to the ring, you get your ass kicked and you make no money to where a guy who's making more money in WWE now when they're not, when it's more of an entertainment aspect versus the physical aspect of putting your body there. Not that there isn't any physical aspect of wrestling, you know, night after night, but that argument is going to be made that I deserve to be paid more. This is a $21 billion company. What do you mean I'm still making X amount? Um, so do, I think it'll probably impact it that way. From a distribution rights, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like I said, it, it are they going to package it all under one deal or is it more profitable at this time to continue to keep it separate for the distribution rights? If they're going to get, they're proposing it's going to get, they're hoping, Con is saying they're going to get 2x back the value as far as how much they got back last time. So are they expect to get two to three billion dollars this time. Why would you split that up? So it, there's a lot of questions to remain. I, I think realistically, though, we're going to have to see, wait to see how it plays out over the next couple of years. Because I'm more interested on the Vince McMahon stuff. Like, he's got a two-year contract with Endeavor. What happens when that two-year contract ends? Is this a way to get Vince out slowly on his own terms and, you know, you know, save face with the, the, the fans and the stockholders? A lot of interesting questions. If anything, Endeavor now, they've got two top dogs for their combat sports where one president, one top guy is uh, slapping the shit out of his wife. The other one's got NDAs out the wazoo. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Uh, that, that, you know, again, as I was looking at the different holdings that they have, this one jumped out for me is, you know, is if, if they can remain separate entities, but there could be a lot of cross activity between these different brands that they have. And I've seen a ton of potential uh, for outreach, growing your audiences on each side with this esports that Endeavor has their hands on. I know you're a big gamer. <laughs> you know, what's funny um, on NXT, they had some uh, chick that's like doing a gimmick where, um, uh, what's she the name? streamer Stevie Stevie something Stevie not not Stevie Richards Stevie Turner Stevie Turner yeah she's she was doing a gimmick where she was like supposedly like a streamer or whatever and I'm just like I'm looking at the way they're doing it and I'm like man this is such like an old out of touch person's idea of something that a younger person explained to them being put on television like why wouldn't you get somebody that actually has charisma and then just pay them to stream like in like for real like all the time like you could like any other normal streamer schedule right like you could uh just have her doing that and then have wrestle matches on tv but the rest of the week 
you know, when she's not training or doing whatever, then she's just streaming on Twitch, streaming on YouTube, you know, like building that character and getting people into her as a streamer. So then they tune into wrestling to see her like they picked the wrong person for it. Um, I think it was one of those cases of trying to shoehorn somebody into a gimmick that they they're not good at. Um, but that's something that they could have done. And that's something that many wrestlers had turned to uh, in, as alternative forms of income, um, you know, to make up for, you know, if you're independent for the dates that you're not able to get, or if you're in WWE for the time that you just have downtime because they're not really using you. So you saw WWE like clamp down on that. Like, nope, nope. We, we want our piece of that too. Um, but yeah, if you've got a, if you've got an esports thing, it's now it's like not a question of events having to reach out to try to get celebrities to come to their thing. Now it's just more like, oh yeah, you're going to this thing. We signed you up for it. And now you're going to go appear at this, you know, league of legends tournament in some middle Eastern country now. Um, just how just how things are so that that could be a, a big avenue that uh that we haven't really seen integrated i'm more interested in the integration of like personally for me i've been advocating for many many years that if pro pro wrestling's tried everything else and we've seen how it's sort of dwindled and dwindled in popularity at times if the one thing they haven't tried is trying to get a little bit more closer to a sports presentation the way things like UFC or any of the other major NFL, MLB, the way they present the broadcasts and things. So it would be nice to see them trying something that could like bring fake phony wrestling more in line with like, you know, the UFC style of presentation and fights so that if there is crossover, like when MMA stars try pro wrestling or something like that, it's not as ridiculous. Like we can't have these Bray Wyatt's anymore, but like we can get some so just a, like a little bit more um realistic presentation it's still always going to be wrestling but you know what i mean right like i i, I think i'd like to see that come out of this i like the characters in the stories i didn't say you don't have characters and stories i didn't say that jimmy i was just gonna I think, say I, I think that that was indicative right of this of the wrestlemania pre-show they did all week and that was setting up that sports style presentation where you've got these big time news anchors and celebrities from Stephen A. Smith, all these different talent boxers mm -hmm. coming on. So they're trying to set up that professional sports style presentation. Go ahead, Jimmy. Oh, no, I was going to say, you're right, actually, MSG, man. They, they have been sort of doing the more sports oriented presentation lately. And that's what that's what's sort of drives me nuts. WWE can't have it both ways. I mean, you know, sports entertainment, sports, they're just entertainment and whatnot. But really, they're sort of coming out like they're a sport per se. But in saying that, I think we will get a more sort of serious presentation. I, I know exactly what Venn meant. Like, we're still going to have characters and whatnot, but I think there's going to be a little more realism moving forward, and hopefully they do do that. But if it's the same people in charge in WWE, then I'm not sure if, if much is going to change anyway, but we'll see. But you know what's funny? Isn't Endeavor, the actual company, really... Isn't the money coming from China? Yeah, they have, they have a ton of partnerships and investments right. from over in that well, area. Well, the main investments so. is from China. It's probably Tencent. They're the largest and biggest thing out there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I do want, you know, what when that was mentioned, you know, can WWE use these new partnerships, these allies that they have under this umbrella to, you know, maybe influence their presentation, their direction? And, see, I once flipped a coin and asked you, I know your creative mind, 
Uh, and again, with that production, you know, video background and all that, I, I find this kind of incredible here. Uh, other sports organizations, okay, everybody in the chat, I know sports, <laughs> if you will, uh, but they have diamond, uh, diamond baseball holdings, which is involved with minor league baseball. Of course, UFC, which we're talking about, they have professional bull riding. They have the Euro League basketball, uh, and again, they have the E League. Is there opportunity for those or outside sports to use what WWE? You know, what is so special about professional wrestling and their production? and their presentation to add value to what they're bringing to those different platforms. Maybe. And I say maybe because Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics has reported yesterday that the plan is to actually separate UFC from that umbrella and merge it with WWE into a new company. Being the fact that Endeavor took yeah. on so much debt, right? As far as, so yes, they're going to be technically under the same umbrella of a, of an, a global organization, but I don't know if there's much crossover that's going to happen with esports and wrestling. I could see the, the bull riding stuff. That seems to be more that live event type, same crowd niche you can maybe market to. Younger kids, though, hanging out in front of their computer playing video games. I, I don't know how much crossover you're going to get to them to the watch. Unless you have, like the vet suggested, a streamer who's in that community, you know, that's part of that community itself, representing them. So, well, I guess, you know, the first one that comes to mind is like Xavier Woods, I mean, right. who has had great success with, you know, with his yeah, online game, yes no. Uh, I mean, this, yes or no. <laughs> I think that's a, a big good question here. Uh, Dan Hupp brings up any thoughts on if the independent contractor status or insurance will change now. I think that's a lot of you know the details that we're we're going to have to see later on. I wouldn't, I really wouldn't believe that Endeavor wants to start paying all that out there, uh, but kind of play that in some things that will change for those contractors. Right now in Denver, uh, they do allow like the UFC talents. And some of the other through their talent agencies that represent. I think that's another good point here. Uh, they have one, two, three, four, five, six talent agencies under their umbrella wow. as well, which could mean a lot for the talents here that are looking for crossover opportunities. But uh, Endeavor also allows uh, on those other platforms talents to go out there and and earn income with outside platforms. If you recall, I mean, the huge debate with WWE, if they were allowed streaming, uh, you know, using their Twitch channels, whatever the case might be. Most recently, the biggest one with Mandy Rose, uh, which was, was such a big deal with her dismissal, whatever the case might be. So that could be some opportunities. Up, uh, vet, your thoughts on... Go ahead, Animus. I just wanted to, before you get to the vet, you bring up a good point, right? UFC has uh, sponsored type gear that all of their fighters wear. Are we getting, are WWE wrestlers going to have to start putting logos of corporations on their gear? Sorry, go ahead, Ben. Oh, oh, we'll get into sponsorships. <laughs> what, what, um, what, what was the question, RBV? I'm sorry. Well, so do you, do you see that is potentially, um, is that going to be more enticing for, for the WWE talents? Is it something that you see that Vince just tries to, to keep away from, from his branch of this, this new partnership? Is, I mean, is, what would the talents? What would the talents be thinking here now that they have a potential to utilize these outside platforms where WWE was preventing that in the past? Um, just like anything, I think the people that are inclined to do it will take advantage of it, and the people that don't care won't. Um, I personally think that you can't. Well, it's not. It's not really like a hot take or a personal opinion. Independent contractors are independent contractors. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Either they're allowed to work for whoever they want, or they're they're contracted to your company 
So if you tighten up on what people are allowed to do, then that means that they should be employees. They should get paid insurance, you know, the health and, you know, all that, all the benefits of being an employee. If you're, if you're signed to the WWE, otherwise uh, the WWE needs to start looking into the idea of leasing guys and then letting them go when they've gotten their run out of them, but not locking them down to like five-year contracts. More like, how about, how about a five-month contract? Like, hey, well, I'll, I'll do business with you for five months and then you can go off. And that will bring in the opportunity to have a lot more like crazy surprise appearances and dream matches and stuff. If guys, because you see every other company except WWE is working with each other. So what if WWE now is folded into that? So you can have the matches for the shows that you want, and then you don't have to worry about keeping them around and figuring out what to do with them with the creative team. Just bring in a guy from AEW to run a program with Roman Reigns or whatever, and then go back. Like it, it, it would really help everybody, I think, to do that. But then on top of that, you have all the other outside, uh, you know, opportunities and projects, sponsorships. You know, the, you know, your own any way that you can make a living for yourself and grow your brand, which in turn brings eyes to the bigger brands. I mean, it, it only makes sense, and this is one of those things. Like it's. Vince McMahon's iron grip is the only thing that's preventing all this from happening. Like he's the one that had to have that absolute control and everybody else has been like, yeah, I guess wrestlers are independent contractors. That's how the territory system worked. You know, that's how the entire business was built for a hundred years before Vince Jr. ever took control of anything. And he's the only one that shut it down. So um, if we can get him out of the way, maybe we can get like a true territory system but with big companies now like the aews the impacts the new japans the you know whatever i will say this though about what you just said vet though i just sorry sorry guys i just wanted to chime in quickly um first of all ufc and wwe are very similar when it comes to working with other companies they don't want to work with anyone else other than just take over take over take over take over ufc have done that over the years WWE have also done that over the years so I'm not sure if there's going to be any sort of crossover with, say, AEW or New Japan or and whoever. But also when it comes to their, to their sponsorships, didn't WWE buy um, Tap Out at one stage, if you remember? And the wrestlers were forced to wear Tap Out at one stage. And you would yeah, see well, right now is contracted with Venom. So, yeah, that makes things kind of interesting. Well, well, gentlemen, you know, we're, we're talking some MMA, UFC, some pro wrestling, what it means when those worlds come together. We're talking about big dollars. Big, Wait, big before, dollars. Before you get into uh, it, can we just comment on how Instagram Here we go. <laughs> He's already on the way. <laughs> can't he stop ain't him. here to blow out quads. He is here Plus. to stack banks. I guess. Oh. Oh. Hey, hey, we promised all Unmute yourself, Josh. Unmute yourself. It was getting loud in here. I had to mute it. So I apologize. That intro was getting me hyped. Hartnett, Hartnett in the house. Glad you could make it for this part of the conversation. And you said you were hot on this one, man. Uh, big news all around. You know, we've we can kind of kick around. Hopefully, we were able to listen up. When we were on that on your business calling. You say, hey, maybe they maybe both sides were calling you. How are we going to? I mean, the, the business together? was regarding the business. You know what I mean? So it's it's all good business. You know, <laughs> so I mean, big stuff coming up this week. And 
it's gonna be interesting to find out the the intricate details of what's going on behind the scenes but that's i mean those wheels are already turning and we'll see what happens uh you know but i would imagine if they're combining the stock like they're combining the stock that like one of the big things that nobody's even talking about for mma right now that i'm well aware of because you know some people are retarded and like they get press passes and whatever because they're groupies but if they were actually smart they'd be asking questions about the tv deals and the tv rights for espn with the with uh, the ufc coming up to an end here in december and nobody's asked the question about it once you know here you are you're knocking it you're just what seven eight months away from like you better have something locked up or or you're going to be you know sol and i think it's obvious that espn doesn't have the money uh, especially with the the budget cuts they're going through over there at that company right now where they're going to be getting rid of people uh left and right here with layoffs because they're spending too much money they spend a lot of money on the ufc product um i don't see them maintaining the ufc product for what they're paying it uh, i don't see ufc taking it uh, any kind of cuts anywhere when their product's worth more now than it's ever been. And uh, especially when they're going to combine uh, here under one umbrella with Endeavor, I could imagine both TV rights being uh, leveraged against right. uh, uh, multiple companies. And I wouldn't rule out even still the Saudis being a thing here where everything could be sold to them here in a package deal inside of the the, the year. Uh you know, I don't think everything's over yet. <laughs> and I think once the dust settles, I think a lot of money's going to change hands. And that's a good thing. It's always a good thing. Uh, you know, when things like this happen in terms of just like being at the top of the mountain. That's an, you know, inter- that's an interesting point. You know, is this a snowball effect? You know, as Jimmy T brought up, you know, China's got a lot of money behind this endeavor. They do, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, umbrella. Uh, the main it, money it is this a, a potential bundle package somewhere else? You know, and with uh, that, but you, you are right, Hartnett. They are going to TKO in 2024 for the stock exchange. Yeah. So and and so your your rights for ESPN end in December of 2023 for for the UFC, and they haven't announced ahead, an extension. Or, uh, ESPN MSG. <laughs> ahead, yeah. MSG. I was going to say with a bundle package deal. What interests me about that is how much money can they get for both you know, both companies content. And does this parlay potentially into just going ahead and starting your own streaming service once again, like an all combat professional wrestling network, and then just pushing it that way. You've already got the infrastructure. You've got WWE network still sitting there on the back burner. It's not like they can't just bring that back and put it all under one new one, shiny umbrella, new present to give to, you know, subscribers. That's where I'm thinking that would be kind of like a last ditch effort if they can't get those rights. Right. Yeah. I think if, if you just spent, uh, how much was the final number? Nine, was 9.3, right? And then they, I believe they said the estimated value of UFC is around 13 billion right now, right? So they're not going to take less than, I mean, 25 billion, I would think even is a low ball for them. They're going to want like 40 billion, I would think, somewhere around there, maybe, maybe even higher, you know? But that's where somebody like a Saudi, you know, group could come in and pay that without blinking an eye, uh, you know? what they're going to want for TV rights and things like that. Bro, like I know what they're paid for, for the UFC right now. And it's, it's very good. And they're not going to take less than that. Uh, You know, and they're not going to, especially with the way Endeavor just turned UFC around from buying it for four and a half billion to, uh, you know, basically tripling its worth here inside of, you know, just the last couple of years. It's pretty impressive. And uh, 
I don't think they're going to take it on as a losing asset. I think they're going to try to turn out as much money as possible with this. Uh, I think a lot of the crossover is going to happen if they do maintain uh, control of the business because they're an entertainment company and they get it. Even with the way they stack their celebrities ringside at uh, all these UFC events, every every time I go, I'll turn around like, boom, oh, hey, hi, Jared Leto, you weirdo. You know, like, why are you so close to me? Why do you smell so weird? Like, it, it, like it's they're all over the place, but they're there because these people are, are endeavor agent, ain't like talent. So they're given tickets, they're sent out there, makes it a bigger deal. You'll see it at the UFC. You know, I'm sure now you'll start seeing it even more at WWE where they'll get these higher named celebrities, you know, ringside, get them into, you know, acts, cross them over whatever way, especially you're going to maybe even see more people crossing over in movies and things like that because the, the power that Ari Emanuel has throughout the entertainment industry is no joke. Yeah, and, right? The big yeah, he's he is Ari Gold from uh, from Entourage. He's he's the guy who the character is based off of. Legit. But we were just you know we were just running down you know their holdings and you know the, the resume what they got on their platform. We just said I mean, it was like what six to eight just talent agencies uh, that mm-hmm. they have. You're talking about that celebrity involvement. So I think that is the perfect transition uh, as we're trying to you know move and groove here this week special afternoon start time with the Monday locker room. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and switch those gears. Let, let's start talking about you know the, the big reason that we're here. Looking back at the uh, the greatest stage of them all, the spectacle of spectacles, the two night WWE WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Uh, and Hart, you were you were talking celebrities, man. They were all over uh, WWE programming this weekend. Uh, they, they were in the stadium, all over the place. Even if they weren't featured in, in spots here. Truly, uh, you know, WrestleMania each and every year is a spectacle. They have to up the, you know, up the ante each and every time out. Now, how are they going to get bigger than Dallas? But you got to come big. You're going to Hollywood here. Uh, I want to start with you on this MSG. I mean, kind of, you know, talk about, the, you know, what it takes to, to put into this from, you know, the production side of, of this thing to cover all, you know, everything that's happening uh, just to create such a grand illusion. Uh, it's unfathomable to like even go into detail how much it takes to put into this. Even, you know, I mean, I can tell you just from a, a mid-size level, you know, doing concerts and production events like that as well. I mean, over like two, three-day festivals, you know, I can't imagine the amount of production staff and uh, as far as everybody that's involved to put this on. All the contingency places, or the contingency plans, I'm sorry that are in place, right? If something goes wrong, this match goes wrong. I'm sure everyone complained about the long commercial break there at the end. I'm sure that was part of it. Like if something happens in a match, we're just going to roll more commercial breaks to fill time. It's just that's how the television network works. Um, so from a production standpoint, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, you can tell, you got to give hats off to every guy and gal back there who probably worked 10 to 12 hours or more a day uh, just doing one specific job just to make sure that the show went out without a hitch, no problems. There really wasn't any technical errors throughout the whole broadcast on both days. Um, so kudos to them. Yeah, but yeah, it's an immeasurable. I mean, you, this is why it takes them, you know, uh, you know, a year itself, right, to set up these WrestleMania events and put everything together because no stone is left unturned when putting together a, I think he said both combined over the weekend did $21 million, Triple H said last night, in revenue. So, I mean, to bring in that much revenue over the course of the weekend at the gate, you got to be putting on something that's Super Bowl level, and they did. Now, Vet, you uh, obviously WrestleMania on such a grand scale. You know, you think something along the lines of the, you know the Super Bowl uh, Olympics, if you will. Uh, but you, you've been behind the scenes, man. You, you know how hectic it is. I mean, 
what is the pressure on these, this production team to bring together such an incredible, you know, just visuals and audios and really, I mean, it's what steals the show uh, each and every WrestleMania is the production. Can you, can you talk a little to that and just your experiences that, that you've been, how hectic it might be and then times whatever for WrestleMania. Um, yeah. So the, the WrestleMania I was at was the, uh, what was it? 23 in Detroit. 23. And, um, so I had to, I'm not going to get into a long story because we're trying to move things along, but I did have were, to go were you there. There's a fan or on, on no, I was, I was backstage. I had to be, I had to be on stage for the undertaker entrance thing. And, but I was, I was backstage all day. So I was just kind of wandering around and a lot of the wrestlers were pretty, you know, there's pretty calm and casual. I, you know, Ric Flair and his gear and a t-shirt drinking a coffee, stuff like that. It's just no, no big deal. But, um, but, but there was, you know, for, for what, for one reason or another, like I said, I'm going to shorten the story, but I had to actually kind of go behind the curtain at one point to see, to just to pick up like a fax or something. Um, and they're like, just seeing this one area, like there's so many people looking so busy and working so hard and not having time for anything. Um, just in this one little area that I had to walk into, um, while all the wrestlers are just chilling out, like in catering, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, kind of slightly going over their match, just Donald Trump talking to Shane McMahon, like, yeah, I'll do this thing, you know, just like, like all that, everybody's cool. But then all the, all the people like that, are, that nobody, cool. that nobody knows who they are, are busting their ass to make WrestleMania happen, you know? Um, they kept playing like that John Cena Dodge Viper pre-tape. Like they were like trying to get it. They were editing it. It seemed like in real time, like they were trying to get it ready to play, you know, for the main event and stuff like that. So those people, it's very hectic for them, for the talent themselves. They might feel a little bit of pressure, but really when I was there, oddly enough, this is going to sound really arrogant, but it felt like just another day, like any locker room, small, big, whatever everybody seemed like pretty yeah yep you know we got a show to do um but but everybody else like the, the the production people that don't get recognized and stuff they were they were really really um on top of everything now jimmy t you're one of those uh wrestling purists and we, we got the, the you know french pickabrello comment here he hates holly weird celebrities in wrestling and it, you is it, that traditional that old school down under SOB, man. How, how do you feel about all the celebrity involvement? Uh, I mean, I understand why they do it in the first place, why they bring in all the celebrities. I mean, let's be honest, they've been doing that all the way since back at WrestleMania 1. Um, I'm cool with it. Uh, look, this year it might have been a bit of an overload because it was in Hollywood, obviously. But um, uh, look, I'm all right with it. As long as they're used in the right context, I've got no, no problem with it. Yeah, it's it's they're they're growing the brand, especially in Hollywood. You want to have the, the celebrities out there with you. Now, gentlemen, we'll go around. We ask a few of you about some of, some of the involvement, uh, and I think the big one, kind of we'll, we'll kind of blend these together uh, and transition from celebrity to special attractions, if you will. Uh, Vet, uh, I'll yes. start off with you on this one. Coming back, his second WrestleMania, we get uh, Pat Mac McAfee. He. he makes a surprise entrance here as he confronts the host of WrestleMania, The Miz. We also get uh, Kettle from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, these guys do it for you. McAfee continuing to get better and better with every time out here. He, he's getting those pops, growing with everybody. What would you think there? 
I guess. It's just, a, you know, making the Miz look like a jabroni. How does that make you feel, uh, RBV? I want to ask you that because, you know, yeah, home t- hometown guy. You know, how, how do you how do you feel seeing seeing the Miz just relegated to this kind of a joke? Are you cool with that or not? Well, I, hey, I, I'm just happy, you know, somebody like Pat McAfee who has so much uh, charisma and all that and, and really untapped p- potential that the great state of Ohio could give him the rub like that. Uh, that someone you know of the Mrs. Caliber could elevate him. So you know that that's the that's the key the key point there. Uh, so yeah, we we had those guys night night one interacting with the Miz, uh, MSG, my music man. I'll start with you on this one. We'll just get to the big one here. Uh, the, the man working on the fly, special attraction, surprise entrance. We get Shane O'Mac. He is back, uh, blowing out that quad, and, and now all this praise. Triple H put him over in the presser. Uh, so many wrestlers I see on my timeline putting them over here. Fans picked up on it. But Snoop Dogg, although he might be the most unathletic individual that I've ever for, you know seen crossover from entertainment into pro wrestling, he was smart enough to go on the fly uh, and pick up that match and get the moment for WWE. Yeah, I mean, it was, I guess, entertaining. You know, to the vet's point, I was like, oh, we're going to come out here and we're going to squash the Miz again. I mean, because that's what they did the night before. So, I, I you know, I definitely wasn't excited to see what happened i found it obviously interesting when shane went down and then you kind of you're in that moment of like i've been in those situations whether been in theater you're like what the fuck do we do right so to see snoop dogg take control of the situation was i, th- I thought was really good you know unfortunately there was a couple of little slip-ups there right you know he might have had the mic too close so you could hear the ref audibly blurting out people's elbow people's elbow so like it kind of <laughs> did of course spoil the action of what you were going to see uh, but to Snoop Dogg's credit, yeah, he, he stepped up and like, I guess it was cool. It's less than memorable. I don't think we're going to be talking about it years down the line. So whatever. Uh, Hartnett, what'd you, what'd you think about Snoop Dogg stepping up here? Oh, dude, he, I think he had an idea of what it was going to be like to hit the ropes like everybody else. And then he found out real quick that the ropes ain't <laughs> what you think they are, <laughs> especially those ones, the real rope. So it's much different than like you would think in a video game, like uh, the inertia of that video game makes you believe you got to have a big body and you got to have some momentum to make a move. And he just like, it, it's every guy you see their first day of wrestling school where they go to hit those ropes and like, they're just so petrified to hit them too hard. Like they're going to do some damage to them. It's like, no, you got to hit them hard. So these things like launch you back out. And then there's a certain footwork you got to do to it too. I'm like, oh, he's going to, he's going to fuck himself up. But he, he survived somehow. And Shane. At least this was a lot better than the doggy flop that he did in AEW (laughs) last time that we saw him when he got his tall ass up there on the top rope. It just, it just fell off. Uh, Vet. I'm going to hand this one to you here. Uh, I've seen this a few people asking this, and Brantley's asking, Shane McMahon came back. Why? Why not? Did Any McMahon? rhyme or reason to this, vet? I mean, is there just available? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, was, he, could, he, he could come back. I, I don't know. People seem to happy to what? see him. <laughs> You you have this grant you have this grander insight of, you know you know some of the reasoning for some of this stuff. Uh, Not on this. This <laughs> <laughs> it's Shane McMahon. You know, like I don't know, like why not Shane McMahon? I don't know why they pick Shane McMahon, or I don't know why they wouldn't have Shane McMahon any other times that they could use him. Um, apparently, he wasn't. He probably shouldn't have been there uh, because. This is kind of what I was talking about um, 
I was chatting with some people about, you know, uh, what happened to uh, Dante Martin over the weekend, you know, like God. this, this fucking guy takes a Canadian destroyer through two tables, but it's his ankle that breaks. <laughs> so he could consider himself lucky that that's what broke. But you, I, I always tell you, and John, you know, this, you get hurt doing something stupid, but not the thing that looks dangerous. The thing that's just stupid. Sami Zayn celebrating on his entrance versus John Cena tearing his shoulder or or Shane McMahon landing on a leapfrog in a in a big moment or something like that you know it's like stupid things are, are, are what gets you randomly hurt so that was just kind of uh, very embarrassing but you know um one i will say this too one thing that makes it a little bit more believable that snoop dogg could go over on the miz is that second punch that he hit the miz with seemed like a shoot punch it seemed like he just walked up and Dude, he tatered him Shh. for sure no. so him. yeah was square yeah. on the jaw. <laughs> he hit him hard mm -hmm. that was as hard as he could throw a punch i think for sure yeah yeah so um but yeah why shame man i don't know it just you know maybe not a, the best idea in hindsight well, let's, you know, we got the, 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 the spectacles, the special spots there. Uh, also in the, inside those spectacles, GT, I'll start with you on this one here. And, and this is what it was all about. It, it was the visuals. So, and I thought they did an incredible job. Some of the images, imagery that you're, they're going to get for any crossover promotion on this one with Omos and, and Brock Lesnar. And a lot of the, you know, just your day-to-day -day fans out there absolutely hating on this thing. I thought it delivered for Come everything on. that it was. What do you think about this, Jimmy T? Absolutely, it delivered for what it was. I thought this was one of the better matches in all of the like night one and night two, only because it was a traditional, old school, two big men professional wrestling match. Man, it was it was exactly what it was meant to be. I have no gripes about it. I mean, let's be honest, man. What do people want to see? More flips, more super kicks. I mean, come on. How can you not? If you're a professional wrestling fan and you don't like this match. I'm sorry. I mean, there's something wrong. I don't know. I was hoping Brock was going to do a 450. So I mean, that, oh jeez, <laughs> well, redeem himself <laughs> on the shooting was... star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. MSG. You know, as I know your your keen eyes all, you know, all over the place, and they had to be throughout this weekend. But I, I thought, from production wise, some of the shots they caught during this match were absolutely incredible. I mean, you already got two larger than life figures, but they went to another level here. Yeah, no, I thought this match was really, really good from start to finish because it felt like a real fight. Um, I think this is the first time I think they put it over on the commentary. Like Brock Lesnar was the underdog kind of, you know, fighting from under when it came to a professional wrestling. Even when he fought Big Show, he was never really fighting from under. Right. But right, they set right. him up in this. They set him up in this point where he's, you know, this small guy that has to try and overcome almost and it didn't go too long. So yeah, the impact of those shots, you know, it's going to be good for social media for years to come. Cause it, it looked really cool. And I was interested to see that they put Brock over because that's, you know, almost continues to lose in these big time matches. So there's going to come a certain point where as a fan, why would I care about anything he's going to do? He just loses every match. So they got They got to like actually build this guy and make him a viable threat in whatever division he chooses to wrestle in. Hartnett, uh, now that we do have, you know, that you've got Lesnar with WWE, he's been kind of hitting that maybe he's going to transition out of this thing. Maybe they can sway. Maybe it's just a play for because he knows all that big bucks that are on the table. We've got Bobby Lashley with WWE. Hey, can we finally get that dream MMA match that everybody's been waiting for between these two? Yeah, you got a better shot at him doing something with Bobby than anything else because, I mean, 
anytime he says he's going back to fighting again right now, it's just a ploy to get WWE to spend more money on him. Pretty much, that's what it is, you know. Yeah, Yeah. so I think the best thing for Brock is working that schedule, man. It's the best schedule you could actually work in any sport, either one of them, you know. Like, there's no reason for him to come and fight for real again, and then it's just like they treat him like an attraction. He is an attraction. Like keep putting him in matches like this and things that make him look strong and don't try to make him do stupid hokey shit with the fucking, you know, with the magic freaking people or whatever they were trying to do with him. You know, it's hokey enough that he's Jimmy Wang Yang now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hey, right. Uh, I think Jimmy's right up the street from me. I, let's see. I, they might've Relocated, but he, I know he was operating some businesses up here, just right up the road from where I'm hey, at. Hey, Rick, with the uh, uh, so that was you know night one. I was I was going to ask about Brock Lesnar with the speculation, you know, that his contract may be coming up. Do you see him potentially resigning since Vince McMahon's going to hang around for another two years? What do you? Oh yeah, I, it's, I think it's all a ploy. I, Brock probably had some indication of what was going on here, so he's out there just chumming the water. He knows all these mm-hmm. big bucks are at play here, and he's going to work whoever's cutting that final check. He's, he's, he's the master worker here from from any angle of it. Uh, he's just doing some Brock Lesnar things. Uh, of course, we had Brock and almost open up night one special attraction match or uh, night two on night one. We opened up. We had a special attraction match uh, as well. Then I want to go to you on this one. Austin Theory, John Cena. Cena seems to get the uh, get the win here. Referee took an early bump in, uh, on night one. So. Doesn't pick up the win. Theory with the low blow gets the win over the the, the icon in Cena, absolute mm-hmm. legend. This do the, did it do it for you? A lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people kind of down on this. Maybe expecting more from these two. Well, it was good in the sense that in the opening match they left plenty on the table for the rest of the show to do, uh, I, which I you don't see that much anymore. Um, but here was my here's my mindset. So I'm thinking I'm. A, this is kicking off WrestleMania, which was announced. So I'm like, okay, John Cena's coming back. He's making his appearance. He's coming here to help put over a young guy or whatever. I'm just assuming that that's probably the finish here, right? And uh, and and he's going to make Austin Theory. So, okay. So Austin Theory comes out, makes his entrance. And then, guys, then they bring out the Make-A-Wish kids. And I'm like, oh my God, in the middle, you're splitting the entrances with the Make-A-Wish kids? Oh no, now Cena has to go over. You can't put Cena under now. You brought out the kids. You gotta, Cena's gotta win now. And then they don't do it. They they fuck John Cena. Sorry, kids. Like, yes, all you had to do was I if if their question was about the United States Championship, all you had to do was the same exact spot. Only when Theory goes to punch John Cena in the balls, the referee sees it just in time, like he just recovers to see it. Then he disqualifies Austin Theory, and then Austin Theory's like, "What?" And then while he's arguing, Cena sort of recovers and gives him the attitude adjustment. Everybody's happy. Austin Theory's the United States Champion. Cena won. The kids got to see what they wanted. That's all you had to do. And for the people that people would say that like, oh, well, you got to give him a, a you, you got to put the kid clean over the right way. It's like, no, fuck Austin Theory. <laughs> the fact that he's in the ring with John Cena at a WrestleMania is his rub. That's it. 
no one gives a shit about a clean win. The right business is, you know, no, I didn't ask you to bring those kids out on stage. Now that you did that, you got to do it right. So in that way, I think they fucked this whole thing up. But I don't know what you, you guys tell me what you think, Josh. I, 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 I love I love it, man. I, I love it. It, it. The rub didn't matter. Cena's not over. All they did was bury those make a wish kids. Literally, they literally buried him. J- Jimmy, Jimmy T, what do you make? <laughs> yeah, they died thing? of sadness now. Oh, no. That, yeah. Come on, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they <laughs> ruined them. Oh, no. I, I need that WWE.com exclusive. Sorry, Rick. What was your question, man? What do you make of that there, man? What did you make of Theory and Cena here? I don't know how you're going to top well, yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I can never look at the Make-A-Wish kids the same way ever again after that. <laughs> just, just quietly. But I will say this. I think Theory was the right guy to go over, though, regardless of the Make-A-Wish kids or not. He was the right guy to go over. At the end of the day, I know, it's true, but look, at the, at the end of the day, we, we don't know how long Cena was going to stay around for, though, right? If he wasn't going to stick around... Then what's the point of uh, Cena going over? That's point though. Wouldn't it have made more sense just to have Cena win at Mania and just just flip it back the next night, the night after WrestleMania? You could, like, you could, you could do have that. just done that, and then everybody would, and then you get you get even more heat right in front of those diehard fans that maybe don't like Theory. But yeah, they buried the kid. It reminded me of the episode of Stanley's <laughs> Cup. Stan is supposed to, you know, he makes a promise <laughs> that they're going to score a goal, and they don't, and the kid dies. So I mean, that's oh, reminding me. I'm telling you, man. I, can't, I will never look at these kids the same way again. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. The poor kids, man. Now that he's put it like that, I mean, jeez. The vet leveled it out, dude. <laughs> as, as we take a look, let's take a look at another special attraction match. We got a celebrity, celebrity involvement here, if you will. Seth freaking Rollins goes oh, over shit. on Logan Paul. Oh, uh, these two, I mean, great athletes here. Paul is, you know, he's been able to wow. Uh, looks good in the, trans- in the transition into professional wrestling. Product placement every year. We get more celebrities involved here. Some great product placements. Uh, they go a little cheesy. Hartnett, what, what do you make here of the, this growing feud, this battle between Seth freaking Rollins and Logan Paul? Uh, at least they didn't bring the Mickey kids back out. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with Rollins laughing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, the Rollins, I guess, character—the fact that they actually put freaking in his name now—I uh, guess—is like a whole nother level for me. I really don't know. I I appreciate his flamboyance and commitment to whatever it is, but like, I just still don't know what it is. But I mean, yeah, Logan Paul. He, he impresses every time pretty much i'm i'm impressed every time he goes out there but uh yeah the way he wrestles too he's not gonna do this for a long time or a full schedule either bro he goes hard those matches are hurting him today you know like every every next morning i'm sure he's like why am i doing this for sure uh vet break break this one down for a little bit you know a lot going on you got the athleticism they went on display you got the seth rollins stuff you got to get in and you got to get a prime table spot <laughs> Yeah, literally a prime table spot. Right? Yeah, prime table spot. Um, so uh, that that part was pretty good. The timing on that. Now to what MSG said earlier about the production. Well, you know when they tried to have Seth Rollins have his special entrance with the conductor and everything, they fucked up the cues on that really bad. Oh, I must have missed that part. Like the timing was so like 
you could tell like the guy was expecting the music to come up at a certain time and they they didn't play it um and there was another thing or two like that throughout the show but i mean that that stuff's gonna happen it's not like i want to you know call too much attention to that but i thought of it when you said it um the uh the match you know it was fine what was interesting was seth rollins talking to daniel cormier did anybody see that no. They he he asked him about something that almost happened between him and Cody backstage. I guess as a shoot. Oh, oh I read I heard that. about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and Seth Rollins just basically making the point of, you know, why why is he come back and get this spot? I mean, he he said it and tried to be a more diplomatic about it, which was kind of my whole thing of like, even when we weren't sure if it was Cody was just rumored to be coming back, and I was thinking like, why would they bring him back in a major spot? You know, like they, they historically they don't treat people that well that have gone off and done well for themselves. They like to make them eat shit for a while. So, uh, you know, so like I get what he was saying on that. But that that this this spot um, shows how much faith that the company does have uh, in Seth Rollins because he's got the carry a celebrity spot. <laughs> you know, like Sami Zayn had the prior year or. Um, you know, as, as many other, uh, wrestle Bam Bam Bigelow, WrestleMania 11, like the, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big deal to have that spot, even though it's not the main event. Look, Seth Rollins wrestled, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, these guys, bunches of times, but this is like another level. This is like showing, um, you know, this, this really is greatness on a different level to be able to take a guy that's done it like three times or whatever it's been. And I'm sure it was like quite rehearsed or whatever on his part, at least. I don't think Seth had to rehearse anything, but I'm sure Logan Paul was, you know, memorizing every bit of this and whatever, but it's, it's no less impressive. Um, so this is a good integration of celebrity as you guys were talking about earlier, like taking Logan Paul, hoping that he can bring some eyes to this actually being impressive when he's in there doing it. Um, but yeah, so I thought I thought this was a uh, this was good, and Seth Rollins went over for a change. Hey, uh, real quick to backtrack here, you know we've got you know maybe the point uh, a comment here. Let's see if we get it to show here. Uh, but anyway, over the chat there, asking you know maybe they want you know they just wanted to get that ultimate heat <laughs> on Austin Theory. So you know John Cena has granted what six hundred and fifty Make a Wishes since two thousand two. Uh, maybe that could be Austin's uh, his gimmick. He's just going out and ruining over 650 <laughs> Make a Wish kids' lives. The Make a Wish killer. So going he forward, he's just hospitals and like yelling. Yeah, the Make a Wish killer. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> the Make a Wish killer. Absolutely. <laughs> You're gonna absolutely. die. Uh, Hardy, <laughs> shit, dude. Hardy, you know a lot of obviously what we're going to be talking about going forward with WWE <laughs> is potential crossover involvement with the MMA world, UFC. Uh, with the special attractions, we've got Ronda Rousey back. She's been around more frequently than some of these others, but we're, we're surprised that she didn't get a bigger role on the show. She was just her and Shayna really in, you know, the night two throwaway women's uh, four corners tag spotlight match. No, I, it's hard because since Ronda came back, I feel like a lot of her like momentum was ruined by, by her time away and they put her with Shayna and Shayna like kind of brings her down, you know, like I, I don't think being with Shayna elevates her at all. I think it kind of lowers her stock if anything. So her spot on the card, I think was just 
get Ronda's name on here and get Ronda on the the billing and the posters and the the media and stuff like that because she's Ronda. But other than that, it it was nothing more than just to get her paid. I think and it, it, that's like putting her in the right spot to make sure that money's made off her name. Nothing to do with her putting on a twenty minute you know great all time match or anything like that. And I think from where she's at in the position, she's. I don't, I don't know. They got to repackage her some way, put her on a run, do something to get people's interest back in. Cause I feel like it's fading. Like who? Rhonda? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was I, just, you know, a little surprising. I get what you're saying though. Maybe it's just, you know, getting, about getting her present, getting her name out there, but really not a whole lot to do with her. Really not much to talk about in that match. Go ahead, bud. Oh, I just just wanted to say real quick. I think a lot of this was also because of her injury timetable. They weren't sure if she'd even be ready to go, so they didn't want to do like a long promotion and lead up into something else that may not be able to happen. But even if she wasn't quite ready, she could be in this tag match with all these other, you know, the seven others that could, you know, take care of it. So, so that's probably why that made, you know, the main reason why that was. Absolutely. Uh, so not really much to take home from this women's tag match, but we did have a couple of big time women's tag matches, championship bouts uh, that I want to talk about. We'll start about, you know, with uh, with your girl from down under there, Jimmy T. Rhea Ripley going up against the queen, uh, arguably one of the greatest of all time, the precious Shar Shar. But uh, your girl gets it done. Bring a championship gold home to uh, to Australia. What'd you think of, of Ripley and Charlotte? A lot of people thought, you know, maybe it was a little rough getting going, but later in that match, they really turned up the uh, intensity. I mean, I felt that this match possibly could have been maybe the match of Mania when you think about it, man. I mean, these two absolutely put on a, a great match. Um, look, what's going on with Shasha right now? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, is she even sticking around? I heard she wants to do things outside of WB right now I don't know what that is could be to become a mother for you know if that's the case that's cool but didn't she just come back already I mean come on but uh Rhea Ripley the media here are actually making a big deal about her winning the Smackdown Women's Championship and right now I mean just be honest she's the hottest thing when it comes to the women's division that's for sure man so she absolutely deserved it and earned it so, so they did, she is getting a lot of press down there, a lot of she crossover, a lot of hype, absolutely. a lot of enthusiasm from the community. Absolutely, man. I mean, she started off literally, when I say indies, indies here in Australia, I mean, she started off in Riot City Wrestling and she just flew up all the way to where she is now pretty fast. And to think she's only like still like 25, 26, I mean, she's still young, man. It's, it's all the way up for her. And I think the sky's the limit. I mean... She was she was very shy initially when she first came to the States, man. And uh, even Triple H has mentioned how when he first saw her, he saw a girl that was scared, shy. She was crying all the time about making it in, in the US. And look at her now, man. I mean, she's flying high, absolutely flying high. And quite possibly one of the faces of WWE right now, for sure. Uh, absolutely. MSG, uh, this match here for the Raw or SmackDown women's. Was it SmackDown? Yeah, SmackDown Women's Smackdown. Championship. Uh, night one, what do you think there? Yeah. Charlotte going down to Ripley. I mean, the match wasn't bad. I, I just had no – I just didn't care going into it. Between – I've been watching SmackDown. So I have been watching – You know, weren't hyped behind 
Yeah, there was no hype. It was just each week I watched them talk, and it was Charlotte complained about, or not complained, stating she's the best, and Rhea every week coming out and saying, you beat me three years ago, so I'm going to get you back. So, like, I just yeah. didn't really give a shit going into this. There was no heat to me. Good wrestling match. I don't know if it was match of the night, my personal opinion, but then again, you two might think it is because, you know, you got Aussie boy here, and you got a, a cardboard oh, wow. cutout of Charlotte Flair in your bedroom, Rick. So, I mean, I don't know. You guys tell me. I mean, first of all, uh, I'm not I, the I, biggest Ripley fan. It was a solid match. Come on. Right, it was solid. Vet, a lot of people uh, that your think... take on the women's championship night one. Oh, uh, well, they busted their ass. Uh, but uh, I like their empty WrestleMania match better. If they had had that match with a reverse finish on this one, that would have been great. But instead, um, we got this, which is still pretty good. And a lot of people are seeming to like it. So that's uh, mission accomplished. And, um, you know... Rhea Ripley, it's like she's the obvious choice. Uh, it almost seems like Charlotte was only here just for this match. It's like they brought her back, when they brought her back, how they brought her back, just so that Rhea Ripley could go over on her here. Um, so, you know, with that with that in mind, uh, she did her job, I guess. You're right, MSG, the lead-up to this was shit. The lead-up to almost everything on this show was shit. So it's a testament to all these... Uh, great men and women to be able to you know pull what they did out of that and get the people into it because the people were into it and uh los angeles crowds are notoriously like not that into it compared to some other areas of the country uh so we had a lot of so you know there was a lot of engagement and that was good um but yeah rhea ripley uh face of the company sure um i'd like to see more of her going in the future and uh she's been good ever since i saw her in the may young classic so just it's just like i just knew it was a matter of time even though she looks like 180 degrees from what she looked when she showed up on you know the american shores um she's no less talented she's only gotten better and uh she's finally anointed so good for her man john uh, absolutely now Harley, I'm, I'm gonna say john i'm gonna get to you in a minute because i'm gonna combine some things i, I want to transition here for a minute because we, we got to We've got to make this move here, play these together here. But uh, as we mentioned, you know, night one, we get to make a wish, kids. Uh, night two, involved in the second women's match. And, and Vet, I want you to, to break this one down for us and compare the two here. But we get the um, the, the Compton Dance Girls, right? The Compton Divas. Mm -hmm. they, they come out with us. We get more kids with us, uh, but they make the right call on this one. The hero goes over, the one that they're there with. I wouldn't say actually a hero. I mean, is Asuka really a, a heel in this thing? Uh, so it was kind of hard. To, I was thinking for a second. I was like, Compton kids. All right, gotcha. Yeah, that's the, what the they Compton were called. They were, yeah. they were called that. Yeah. yeah. The, the Compton Divas. That's what it was. The and, Compton mm -hmm. Divas. And hats off to the little girl, man, who whose mother passed away that day, yeah. apparently, and still came out and done what she did. That was, I mean, any normal person, even at our age, would break. But this little girl, man, I mean, shit. I can't say anything enough about it. I mean, I don't know how she did it, man. Yeah, I mean, very, very cool moment. And before I throw it back to, to the vet here, I think, you know, it, it's a great representation of what really is on the table, uh, especially marketing-wise with Bianca. I mean, she has a tremendous look. She's a great athlete. You can tell her a great passion, uh, help her develop maybe that little bit more of that personality. But she has that ability to, to be able to have that reach, to influence, grow the bubble there. Uh, so from that standpoint, the marketing side of it, there's so much upside. I, I love Bianca. But uh, that compare the, the two matches, uh, the night one women's championship and, and the night two, and then I'm going to kick it to you, Hartnett, for the same question. But go ahead, Bet. Okay. 
first of all, I love the uh, Bianca entrance. And I thought, like, one of my favorite things about Bianca, I like a lot of things about Bianca, but one of which is her theme song. So it looked really cool to have people actually do a routine to it, I thought, uh, which is a WrestleMania tradition. We've seen a lot of people utilize cool, um, like, opportunities to enhance their their entrance and make it big and special. Um, So I like that. And so a lot of what um, I didn't like about the first championship match from night one i liked about this match and i'll explain so like when i watched the charlotte and um and Rhea match i kind of checked out halfway through i was just like okay they're they're just doing moves to each other i it's this is not i'm not into it you know so um i just kind of like waiting for it to be over even though they were working hard you know um but they weren't really telling a story to me that I could get. And you hear people say, tell a story in a match or tell a story in the ring, whatever. You hear that all the time. And a lot of people don't really explain it. I think some people just say it because they've heard other people say it and they don't really know what it means. This match with Bianca and Asuka was telling a story that the other match should have maybe told because it was a similar story. Um, it's like the Charlotte and Oscar are the gatekeepers of their generation. They're trying to, you know, hold on to their spot and be at the top uh, while the younger generation is coming up after them, trying to proclaim their own greatness. Right. So in this match, you see Oscar taking every opportunity to try to win, whether she's, she's wrapping uh, Bianca up in submissions, trying to get technical pins. Bianca's just trying to, rush forward and beat the shit out of her you know what i mean like brute force this thing i'm gonna brute force this thing which is kind of how they've pushed bianca (laughs) like like in in the meta of this whole thing like we're just gonna smash her over we don't care if it makes sense or not we don't care who we sacrifice along the way bianca's getting over um so bianca approaches that match this way and oscar tries everything it doesn't quite work bianca comes out on top right with you know that's the similar match that i didn't i didn't get that story from charlotte and Rhea. i just got i didn't get charlotte being like you know the the veteran trying to hold off the up-and-coming youngster i just got trading moves that's what i got from that i i got a sense of desperation from oscar there's this there's the story there that's how even though it's the same story only one of only one group you know set of women told the story correctly so for that, I would give slightly higher marks to this match uh, with Bianca and Asuka over the other one. John, so would um, I, Vet. Thank you for saying that because me say, I said the same thing and apparently everyone thought I was crazy. So no. No, uh, you're not crazy. But John, damn it. I'm trying to pitch to John. I've been trying to pitch to John for like two times now. Now, damn it. All right. good. Take the I'm ball, good. John. Got the ball. Thank you very much, Bet. Appreciate it. But I mean, who's going to break it down better than you, though? I mean, that's the best breakdown you could possibly give either one of those matches but what impressed me the most from the bianca match was uh actually oscar's grappling and transitions Mm -hmm. she had like a shoot uma plata on uh on bianca belair where i felt like dude she's gonna tear her shoulder because bianca doesn't even know which way to go here and she's trying to tell her to go flat and then at some point she's just like all right bitch you're going flat and she just she flattens her out and uh Corey graves didn't even know what to call it she's like well what a maneuver but it was an uma plata but the thing was great. And like seeing her do that, like she's a better, more competent grappler than somebody that they try to build like it, like a John Moxley or something like that. So, you know, that was cool to see. And I liked how they once again told the story, like Vet said, you know, 
she had never won a WrestleMania match. She was desperate for the win. Everything she did was to try to finish the match, which is the way things should be. You know, she wasn't picking her up to put her back down again, which is like a common thing, which was happening in that other match that you could see. And uh, like those things, those little transitions and how they apply that and make it seem like a real competition was huge. And I love the way they finished it with uh, Bianca displaying her strength because that could have went wrong, like real wrong. <laughs> but they were they were cool with it and they kind of took their time and made sure they didn't rush it. And she yoked it up and showed her strength. And because Oscar's not like a light chick either, so that that was kind of a you know impressive move for her to get up there, boom, hit the finish, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, good match, good business, yeah. And the girl, the, the Compton girl, job, I, I was like, job, job will stick with you. We'll stick with you, you know, about heavy hitters, uh, man. And just thinking about, you know, this match, I could feel it, man. It, it just hurts. Uh, but the triple threat, the uh, Intercontinental Championship match with, with Sheamus and McIntyre, man. I mean, these guys are pro wrestlers and they went out there and were just chopping and throwing haymakers at one another. Uh, Gunther goes really to another level here picking up this win. Yeah, I just wish they didn't do that stupid Mike's Hard Lemonade uh spot before the match dude that made them look like a couple of freaking sissies dude you know and then they, they come out there and they had that kind of match like uh it, it just took a little bit off of it for me because i'm just sitting there and i'm watching i'm like what the like what am i what oh you brother you're a you're a mike and then oh you're hard like dude it was really strange innuendo and just like awkward to the point where i'm like just get gunther out here please like can we make this about wrestling again and uh yeah as soon as gunther showed up then you know business picked up as usual and uh yeah he's my favorite thing to watch in in, in pro wrestling right now dude on any any brand if you tell me i'm gonna get see gunther give it to me 20 minutes 30 minutes 60 minutes I think he's the best of any brand, any show, any, you know, any organization. Jimmy Gunther, like, he's believable. He's everything that, like, when I look at wrestling now, like, like I've had the conversation with my brother. I'm like, dude, if we grew up now, like, we wouldn't like wrestling the way we do, like, from growing up from the period we had it the way it was. But like a guy like Gunther is a guy that you could drop back into that period. You could drop into a territory, but you could drop into any period. And he's he is pro wrestling. And like everything he does is believable. Everything he does has a has a reasonable look to it, approach to it, and everything from his footwork to his selling, his demeanor, his everything. Dude, he's aces, five five stars, ten star, whatever Meltzer's giving away now, dude. Give it all to that guy. You know, now MS, MSG, you're a bit of a lapsed fan, especially when it comes to WWE. You know, you just mentioned you don't watch a whole lot of SmackDown. Um, I, I know you knew who he was, you, you know of him, but seeing Gunther now on this level, see somebody that would pull you back in that you'd be interested in, so you'll be tuning in, but start following and, and keep an eye on. Yeah, so I mean, I started probably right around the Royal Rumble season, and I thought I'd give WWE a chance again. So I have watched a little bit of him, but yeah, this match was was amazing uh, and you know triple h paul levesque put it as well that he probably had he was probably the biggest star to come out of wrestlemania this weekend just based on the show and the performance gunther put on um so yeah i i found i've found myself by the end of that match being like wow i i like this guy he, you know he's kick ass take no prisoners kind of guy he just comes out there beats the shit out of you and then he, he leaves so i mean uh and then of course he's got his imperium surrounding him they've been doing the smackdown thing so he's got his own little click I'm, I'm digging Gunther. Uh, you know, 
remains to be seen what they do with him. I, I, you know, everyone's wants to know where they're going to go with Roman Reigns in the title. You know, he could just hold on to it for twelve hundred days or whatever, and just have, put Gunther over. I don't know. At this point, Gunther seems like he's the only legitimate badass in the company, right? That could actually take on Roman. Uh, Jimmy T, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, next, our next, I don't know, deep feud, blood feud, if you will. Uh, this one goes down inside Hell in a Cell. We got Edge and what maybe is the big payoff match here with Finn Balor under the demon paint. Uh, you were talking about build, lack of build, excitement going into a match. Were, were, were you hyped for this one, Jimmy? Not really, to be honest, Rick. <laughs> Not at all. This match was a cluster, man. Uh, these two just don't gel. They've got no chemistry. F- let's be honest. Finn Balor, what is he, like 5'6", five, 5'7"? looking like a freaking clown i mean seriously the 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 demon character was all right at first it was cool like a few years ago but at his size he's just not intimidating even as a demon i just can't take him seriously especially that he's growling all through the match i mean he's like like what the like come on man i can't take him seriously and what was his brood edge he didn't even get gang growl i mean come on you know what i mean exactly i mean nah this match stunk, uh, and I mean, did you see the botch spot, man, with the ladder? I mean, did you see the cut on his head? That was deep, dude. I mean, he needed probably at least thirty stitches on his head, easy. So I, I don't even know if he'll be back anytime soon. He'd be concussed for sure. Uh, that was was the demon gimmick brought back and the hell in a cell gimmick brought back just to try to get some interest behind this match. Merchandise, probably. MSG, did you have anything else to add before that? <laughs> I was just gonna ask you know you made the i don't care about uh Balor and the edge thing but you made the comment that you know he's only five six and he doesn't do it for you yet then you know the night before we had a he keeps getting match. shorter and shorter people keep but <laughs> he's probably he's probably about five eleven or five ten we just inducted a guy though that was know, five, I'm five three, ten he's shorter than me him, right okay. he was the hall of famer that being Rey mysterio so i guess why why does this the, his small stature Work not work for Finn Balor, but maybe work for Ray Mysterio. I think I think there is a difference between those two. Is one Ray was is, uh, a block of bricks. Go, oh. go ahead and talk for Jimmy, Rick. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, go well, ahead. Yeah, set him straight here, man. No, no. What was the question again? Why? Why? why between the height difference, we had one guy who was just inducted to the Hall of Fame, right? Ray Mysterio, who's right. technically shorter than Finn. That's you true. made you made the analogy that Finn doesn't do it for you as a short statured male wrestler. I was asking you why why does it do it for you for Ray? Because that's that's Ray's gimmick. It's always been his gimmick. He's always been the small guy that overcomes, you know, big big things. I mean, think about it. That's his gimmick, literally. So I think with Ray it works a little bit differently with him. Whereas Finn, what is he, a demon? A demon's that sort of small? I mean, do they you know you know what I'm saying? Do they growl? I mean, yeah. whatever the case is, that's what sort of <laughs> takes growl. me out of it. I, I just, yeah, it just doesn't work for me, man. Look, like demons growl, bro. All right, now, now, <laughs> I, now, now, I will ask the same question. Vet, would you, yeah. what would you like to say about this match since you threw it to me? Um, so, well, on that thing, it's like the thing about size in wrestling is when you bury somebody for not being tall enough or heavy enough or whatever, that's fine if they have nothing else to offer besides that. I mean, if you if you're if you're looking for a, a jack guy, then we have bodybuilding federations. Maybe not Vince McMahon's bodybuilding federations, but we do have other ones that you can watch guys who can't do anything stand around and be big. 
okay? But guys like Rey Mysterio, guys like Finn Balor do have other things to offer. They're there for the sport of it. So if they're really good, then you have to overlook that stuff. Um, now, <laughs> that being said, this fucking match. First off, the first thing I... Yeah, Jimmy's point, Brood Edge, what the hell is that? Why would you put that on the screen? What kind of corny bullshit is that? You're just telling people what to... And then Michael Cole Brood putting it over. Paid. Yeah, just... Yes, that was the worst... You know, just... I, I just, like... And they do these things like kind of like all wrong where they have these specialized intros right like edge had the slayer intro and then they just cut it to his normal theme music no 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 just make the full entrance like that and then start the match like you got your entrance with the slayer you don't then play the metalingus or whatever that fucking song is um just just do that and they uh, anyway so that's that then i was hoping okay wrestlemania in hollywood now Finn Balor's finally going to get away from the party city streamers and analog telephone cords and stuff that he hangs off and belts that he hangs off his stupid little headdress or whatever for this demon thing. And he's going to get like the full, like the predator dreads, you know, like something that looks really professional and cool. He's finally going to do that. Nope. No, he isn't. Um, so, 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 so that right off the bat from the presentation to the entrances and stuff, I'm like, you're missing you like you, you did a cool thing, but you still fucked it up a little bit so i was i wasn't happy right off the bat um i'm gonna disavow the match entirely on grounds of kendo stick um when a kendo stick appears i don't have to really talk about the match and especially colors, when they were yeah especially when they're color-coded and you have like color-coded chairs and and kendo sticks and wh why were the tables just plain wood why not they be red and purple too like why don't we have a purple table out here what the fuck like just blowing it on every possible level no but anyway yeah do you can you imagine while the while the demon's back there growling like he's like eh, eh, and he's like spray painting a kendo stick purple like yeah eh, eh. like wh what are we really supposed to think why would this exist you know this is the opposite of walter we need more walter and less this bullshit you could do everything the same except just not have kendo sticks and bullshit like that and you know play the full slayer entrance you know these guys basically killed each other in there and like you were supposing yeah it's because there was very little interest they've marginalized finn balor up to this point and then all of a sudden they slap the paint on him and bring out a hell you know the hell in the cell stipulation just to get people excited in 2023 you should not be not excited to see a match between finn balor and edge but that's where we are wow so me, you, me, you know why they had the colored sticks there. This is this is Balor going back to Balor clubs for everybody. Oh. This is the <laughs> well, they're still still missing that's a few colors we, that's though. Had, that's hey, that's going to be coming out. As Larry said, that's going to get you ready for the playset. But vet, see hot with vet here as we move on because the big uh, you know personal feud here mm -hmm. uh, before we get to some main events here. I know you wanted this one. Yeah, uh, let's go down Mysterio Lane, baby. Yeah, brought to you by Cinemoji Crunch. <laughs> yeah. You talk about oh, a bad, bad product placement if, with Mike Harmon. If you ever had any doubt how little respect this company has for Rey Mysterio, let this be Exhibit Double Z. Uh, you're gonna sit here. And first of all, we had to put up with this whole this whole terrible build to this thing, um, and I'm sorry it was terrible. Um, and the. <laughs> The last time you even see Rey Mysterio before this match gets made, he's losing to LA Knight 
you know, which it's like, I, I don't want to take away from LA Knight. This is not about that, but it's about the only time you know, <laughs> this LA Knight's won less matches than podcasts that I have to record today. <laughs> so that's the time you choose to, to put him over the hall of famer. Right. So, but whatever that, that that's whatever. And then thank God we had Conan to actually be the only one this weekend to like really show him some love and respect with that hall of fame speech, because otherwise coming out and having your name spelled out in cinnamon toast crunch, uh, as, as the, as the graphic for your entrance to your personal feud match, huh? What's that? What's the taste it? you can see. Sorry. It's the taste you can see. Yeah. There was a, there was one of this, one of the cinemojis on the, like that was plastered all around the barricades or whatever had like, it's like an eye roller. And I was like, yep, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. That cinnamon toast crunch emoji is me right now watching this. Um, you know, the match, the match was, I mean, whatever. Um, Ray's endured countless, uh, like uh, indignities so that his untalented son can have a job. And I respect Ray for that. I respect him being able to be the true professional and go along with all this for the sake of what he thinks is something better. Even though I, I'm sure they're going to, you know, cut bait as soon as he's no longer affiliated with them. Um, because there's just really nothing there at this time. Um, but the main thing was just the absolute disrespect to me that that you you're we're lucky enough to be in the presence of you know a, a true legend that can still do it like he can't do it exactly the way he did when he was you know 19 or whatever but he's pretty most of it pretty good still he can break out a lot of the stuff if he absolutely has to and we're privileged to be able to see that and this is not how you showcase that in any he deserves better is all is all i'm trying to say Vet coming in hot. I, I was going to throw it out there to anybody else here on the panel. Uh, Vet does not like Dom here. It, it, can someone defend? I do. Well, I, I just want to say, I, I, the, the person Dominic, I want to say, I have, n I, I love, yeah, I love that. How could you not love people. that kid? Because he, he is who he is. It seems like a nice kid, but I, I'm, just, I'm talking about everything he's been presented, what he's physically done, those things so far. That, that's all. Just Jimmy, to make that Jimmy, clear. Jimmy, can you defend Con Dom? <laughs> I've been defending him actually probably a lot. Let's be honest. A lot well, of people do a lot better job than he did about people under five seven. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I think for his age, yeah, sure, he's not the greatest in the ring. He's still kind of green, but he's good enough for now, right? But in terms of Judgment Day, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, Judgment Day has really made Dominique and Rhea right out of everyone in this group. I think Dom. No, I mean, they've succeeded in spite of Judgment Day. Judgment Day is like well, an albatross. Yeah. Well, that's they're the only two positives, right? I mean, and Dom, I think he's pretty good at generating heat, and I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. I mean, he's a pretty decent talker. He doesn't sort of get scared while getting all this heat. I think he can hold his own, and I think in the future. I mean, what I found cool about Dom when he came out, right? with the rain mask on and the mask kind of looked like a, you know, like it was a judgment day version. It was kind of heelish. I think he could pull it off with the mask on as a heel Ray Mysterio. I think it, it would work, but I, I mean, come on guys, you got to give Ray a bit of credit. I think he's not bad. He's, he's only going to get better, but he needs to put on some muscle mass, man. He's just too, 
I, I think he's that's part of his skinny. appeal here. You know, he, you can kind of you look at him, even though he, you know, he has it, you know, inside of him, you know, great success with his father, uh, those that have been around him as he's growing up, you know, his entire family involved in the set. Yeah, absolutely. He, but he's still with his look, even in his face, uh, his body language, he still seems like he doesn't quite belong. So I thought he, he, that he found and made some great strides in that groove is just that lost coward chicken shit heel and then when you play into this over exaggeration and and overplaying into the con you know con yeah. game that, that it's really helped him excel and find a spot to fit in i i've, I've enjoyed i enjoyed a, a lot of the build here i you know, at first i questioned if ray should be going in while active but i liked that they were given back with it i didn't first i was like please don't do anything at the hall of fame i didn't mind what they did i didn't think it went overboard yeah, but again, once once we get to the payoff, though, and I see Cinnamon Toast Crunch, it's all gone. All out the window. Uh, yeah, and I they, they I just, hated that. They, they hoard out this match. That's good. That's going to be on the replays till the end of time now. Like, you can't undo that. It's one thing if you use... What you, why can't you sponsor the WrestleMania Showcase match with Cinnamon Toast Crunch and then leave this? Or if Rey Mysterio just has a random match against just... Hey, we're just having a match against a good opponent here. Like maybe if he had a match against LA Knight at WrestleMania, and uh, he's used to sponsor matches, he's a pitch black Mountain Dew. We can we cinnamon toast crunch, you know, brings you Rey Mysterio versus LA Knight or something like that. But for this, maybe just not, maybe, maybe not Hall of Fame weekend, maybe, just maybe. Think just about it, maybe. Threw, threw it threw it all away. And you're right. That's the ultimate disrespect that you're right. Yeah, they so should have done something though terrible. at the Hall of Fame. Wouldn't it have been better though? No, honestly, like that build up where and don't get me wrong, I love that moment on SmackDown where Ray finally turned, right? On That's horrible, Jimmy. That's horrible. Boo. Boo. Hold on. Okay. I agree in somewhat, right? Because I would have preferred that happening in the Hall of Fame. I just think it would have been way more heat and way more sort of uh eye-opening if you know what i mean how about uh, the hall really of fame how about the hall of fame starting an angle like not not being like the genesis of an angle like maybe he hadn't turned on his dad yet and then seeing him at the hall of fame starts him thinking like man i don't want to be the shadow of my dad or something so that maybe in the future we can get something but now him having to Why sell not? the angle during this and whatever and not really take part of it on camera with ray yeah, and the rest of his sad. family he has to just walk out you know, like, you yeah, know, that in, in Dominic doesn't feel like that. He's, he's happy for his dad, but now he has to pretend like he's not, which is like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a way to go, but nobody believes this shit anymore. So it's not, no. it's just in bad taste. That's all. If that people were still believing this shit, like maybe right. in the eighties, you could have done something like this, but I, don't know. I well, thought it would have been a good move just to keep him, keep him away from it, you know, but just not even have him there, but to, I don't know. Maybe, you know, it would hurt him deep if he had to miss that moment for his dad. But, hey, that's business, you know. Uh, just Absolutely. give it to your dad. You are you can see you can be with him later on with it. Uh, but, gentlemen, let's shift kids here. Uh, get on the home stretch. We're, we're talking about those emotional hey, stories. Before we, we get off Go ahead, John. Before, didn't but, they fucking let, like, Buddy Murphy there, too? Just, yeah. like, totally blowing yeah. case. That little, that little Easter egg. It, like it's that, it's like, Murphy, Rhea, and then, and then Dom. So he's sitting there with this stupid look on his face in the background of all this. Yeah, yeah, like, yo, he's the one really boning this chick, and then it's like, you gotta sit here and pretend like you hate your dad, like, and this guy don't even work for the fucking company, and they let him in there, like, sit right there, like, here, go out here, and just, like, they don't give a fuck, do they? They just really don't give a fuck. There's, about been, no, there's been no emotion from Dominic in his, in 
his full storyline. I'm not saying he's not a good wrestler, but when he talks on the mic, he just sounds like he's reading words. He doesn't sound like he's emoting the emotions in the context of the story. So I just don't. Yeah. You need some acting classes. Go get an acting coach and fucking learn how to do it. Sorry. (laughs) Well, let's let's shift gears to some guys who know how to do it. It's been a, a roller coaster of emotion from every which angle great debate of you know who should have been in the 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 final the big main 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 event what were going to be the big payoffs here uh we got our double main events from night one night two let's go ahead and start with night one jimmy t i'll I'll go to you to get you started on this conversation of course we got kevin owens and sammy zane the the finally the the brothers from another mother Coming back together to claim a big WrestleMania moment over the Twins, uh, the incredible reign of the Usos comes to an end after three uh, whoever kicks. You can tell me that arena loved it. I've seen plenty of videos on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, you know, across social media of people at home just so emotionally invested in this thing. Uh, Jimmy, night one, did this match, did it make you, did it move you, man? Did it move you to your feet? Look, it, it moved me, right? But even though this was the obvious going into WrestleMania from what? Way before Elimination Chamber, we were all speculating that this was going to be the finish to that storyline when it involved Sami Zayn. But um, look, great match. Absolutely great match. One too many super kicks, one too many near finishes. And really, this match is all built about Sami Zayn and, and the Usos. That's it. Add. I mean, you could have, it would have been fine if Kevin Owens wasn't even there because really he was an afterthought in this match. This was all about Sami Zayn and the Usos. And for that, great. It told the story, even though it was an obvious story. I don't know if you should have pulled the trigger back at Elimination Chamber with Sami Zayn or not, but I just don't like how it was just too obvious getting to this point. But in saying that, the match itself had the drama, had the psychology to an extent except, again, one too many super kicks, And the match delivered. I mean, we all knew it was going to be a so-called banger, right? And it, and it pretty much was. But it could have been structured a little better. All right, we're going to go around the horn and hit these main events with everybody. Uh, Vet, what do you think here, night one main event? Uh, well, it seemed like they made the right decision on uh, who goes over, but um, that's going to come into play on night two. And I have more things to say about that. But the people were happy, so, you know. Good. It'd be better if we didn't see matches like this on AEW five times a week. But, uh, but it, you know, you kind of have to have you have to have the match with the epic kickouts and stuff like that in the main event of WrestleMania. When's the last time a tag team match was a main event of WrestleMania? Yeah, that, that is a real quick, interesting point. You know, you're going to put a, a spotlight. Hell, we went for so long before the Usos were even on WrestleMania, and they were the tag champs most of those times. Yeah. Uh, but to put it in a spot like this, spotlight like this, really, I mean, they're, WWE is in a position. You look at that tag team roster, they could shotgun a hot division right now. They could get back and put a focus on that. You see any chance of that vet or just we just had to do something with these guys. Well, now we're going to go back to not caring. About well, I mean, a, a chance. Sure. I mean, historically, the WWE has always had a, a, a good tag team roster ready to go if anybody would just care. Um, so I don't know, you know, why they sign tag teams, to be honest, or make people tag teams because they have no interest in it. Uh, it's, it's like you have to see the Andre the Giant Battle Royal to remember that Los Lotharios are a tag team. I just Los like, Lotharios. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I think that, yeah, it's possible. Um, 
so we'll let's see and let's quite frankly like you said we we kind of had to now because you can't just have the usos and this be a two-team race for these belts other people kind of gotta want them you know you got to tell the story that uh, you know hey i'm a tag team and i want championships why do i have to sit here and watch you guys play this out over and over again where's my shot so yeah let's do it let's let's get some tag teams going NSG, your thought coming back for WrestleMania and tag team wrestling, closing it out. And it, as you said, you just got back around Royal Rumble. Were you big invested into this, the, the whole Sammy and Bloodline thing? Yeah, I mean, that's what kind of brought me back in to this WrestleMania season was the Sammy and the Bloodline storyline leading into the Rumble and the subsequent events that followed. So I, I was anticipating, like most, that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to win this match i think to vet's probably going to get into it at some point uh when it talks about the main event i found it a little bit confusing what happened the next night um you know as far as i'm not having the championship belts but that being said i thought it was a good match between the uso brothers uh kevin owens sammy zane um i'm thinking someone probably have to look it up 1985 wrestlemania one uh mr yeah, T. Warned yep. off and yeah that would be no, okay so oh someone just did okay yeah so that would be the first time maybe the last time we had a tag team main event so uh, I thought it was a great match. I wasn't disappointed, and uh, I thought it was good that they let the crowd go happy on night one, home because nobody's going to be happy <laughs> at the end of night two, according to the internet. But uh, Mr. Harnett, I'll let you go ahead and give your thoughts on this tag team main event. Eh, 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 <laughs> you know, I like. I, I agree with Jimmy. Too many kicks, and like when you do stuff like that, you just expose the business because you're kicking the dude in the face three times, and he doesn't have a scratch on him. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> You should at least have the guy like get some color if you're gonna do something stupid like that, and you know, give it the visual of like, oh, this guy's dead. It's like, no, it looks like your move sucks, and you know, like, hey, okay, you hit him with it three times. There's not a scratch on him. You must, you know, you can't punch your way out of a wet paper bag. Like, I really, I never get that. I never understand that. Like, whatever. I think they dropped the ball here because, like you guys said, the tag team division to them is meaningless and. I think there was more money in building Sammy as a singles competitor, putting him here with, with Kevin Owens, I think is a waste. Uh, like, eh, it, it doesn't do it for me. You know, I've seen them do the ring of honor thing and everything before. Like to me, they're not even a, like for me, like a, a ring of honor tag team. That'd be cool to see would be like the Kings of wrestling come back, but yeah. like, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> Like Sammy and and Kevin, cool, I guess, right? Like against the, like, whatever, dude. Nobody cares. Roman Reigns is our tribal chief, and that's all that matters. <laughs> and there, you were, an idiot there were if you thought anything different. There, there, there were a lot back. of shout outs. Everybody's getting <laughs> fucked, pal. The there were a kids, lot of shout outs. Cody Rhodes, everybody, the Rhodes kids, sit in front row, make them watch their fathers. Where's Timmy Baltimore? Wheel him down here. Make him watch. You make him watch. That tribal chief takes no prisoners. Before you that was the only thing that mattered all weekend. Before you jump into the main event, Rick, I just wanted to point out, since he talked about you know having to do three finishing moves to get a move over, one thing that bothered me over the course of this weekend is that both sets, I mean, I guess it didn't bother me when Roman Reigns did it, but it bothered me when Logan Paul kicked out of Triple H's pedigree, and then the very next night someone else kicked out of the pedigree. I just thought all weekend they were really burying Triple H's finisher at this point. Anyway, yeah. Now, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, MSG. He nobody kicked out of Triple H's pedigree. True, ah, that's true. true. They kicked out of Seth Rollins' pedigree. He didn't even know how to do it. He lets the arms go too early and everything. He doesn't jump that high. He's just not good at the pedigree. 
Logan Paul yeah. should not be kicking out of a pedigree. It's, I guess it is. It's funny because I, I yell at people right here on the indie scene like, what the, what the fuck are you kicking out of pedigrees for in Tombstones? Come on. It's, it's even on that level. You know, it's like, what, what are you doing here? Think about it. Did he tease to be a finisher, Rick? I mean, I know. You, yeah. Sometimes you got to breathe with it. You got to breathe with it. But hey. All right, all right, hand the, the fire, the emotion, the energy. I acknowledge the tribal chief. He's allowed to kick out of anything. I just want to point out. <laughs> yeah, Better yeah. acknowledge so, the so tribal night chief. Two. Plus 285. Get out of here, you <laughs> fucking squares. Night, night two oh, had shit. an incredible energy about it. You, you could tell that it was, you know, it was the selling point. It was why everybody was here. They were looking forward to the WWE Universal Championship on the line. Cody Rhodes, the, the, the seemingly undeniable challenger taking on Roman Reigns, the unbreakable champion. The intensity growing through the night, uh, the energy in that building, simply amazing. The entrances, uh, there was a roof on this thing that would have been blown off. It, it, it was an, an awesome feeling, truly big match, something you haven't experienced inside WWE in, in quite a while. You know, we're making mention that, you know, Cody's out, he's, He's got Liberty, his daughter there, you know, holding her in front of the crowd. He's kissing. He, the wife is there. Uh, his mom is there. Negative Make one is there. Negative one is there. And then, you know, so you got that, 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 that emotion. And then you just have that unmatched energy of Roman Reigns to come out and just pretty much calm everything and steal the show during his entrance. Absolutely. 100 and, and, spot on. And that. I love how they were through the match, kind of trying to keep that momentum for, you know, what each represents there. Uh, and I'm going to let you start with this thing. You're, you're actually, you're the big winner in this match. Yeah. You're the one uh, cashing in on the bank here, baby. Run it, run it back around the loop here for us. Man, I, you, I, so there, I know it was the only thing like people cared about storyline wise, but it was the only thing I cared about gambling wise. Because, <laughs> like I know, like I know everybody's getting hot about like, oh, oh, they're making it legal. They're making it legal. How are they going to, you know, be able to do these things with these, you know, with these predetermined outcomes? That's how. That's how. When they make every single square think that they're going to get like a Cody Rhodes WrestleMania moment. And then the line is only sitting at minus 400 when it should be like minus 1200. Right, dude, I'm a max bet it. I'm gonna put the hundred that they allow me to put on it at plus 285 on the tribal chief because he is the head of the table. We all know this. And dude, with Vince back, you had to know, you had to know he was going to fuck these people. And he had a, he had a chance to prove too, just on like the, the fourth dimensional chess here is like, now you just proved that anything can happen on the biggest stage of them all in the main event of WrestleMania that everybody thought was going one way. And like, you're going to make this legal gambling wise and it's going to leave a little bit of doubt in everybody's head from here on out. And it, it showed the right thing they needed to show to the right people that they can keep a, like something like that. Hush hush too. So like, yeah, Vince is back, baby. Oh dude. He gave it to the Rhodes family, dude. Raw dog. Put him Polka in front ducks, row and said, sit here and take it. When do you think Brandy found out? Cause like she had a little boo-boo job face. It looked like in one of the, one of the spots where I was like, Oh, she got a little boo-boo job face on. I feel like Cody might really be going down here. She can't like kayfabe at all the moment. Like, 
Oh, so good, dude. So good. Like, dude, Vince McMahon, can you, like, you know how much he was laughing in Gorilla, probably? I wish I could have been in Gorilla for that moment where he's just like, ha ha, got him. That's, that's why he's got that mustache. He could do the old Snidely oh. thing at the end, the old villain twist. MSG, you look like you want to jump in on this, it's buddy. the mustache, for sure. Oh, so, I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, going into it, I thought, Personally, I thought Cody was going to lose just because they haven't done enough to build up this story. The story. Finish the story. What story? There's been like four weeks of you just kind of coming out, going back and forth. Ah, It's not really any story. You were out for eight months. Okay. You didn't really. So everything got put on hold. I didn't really feel a big story going into it. If anything, I thought the Sami Zayn stuff was the bigger story. That was the story for sure. And had Cody not come back, that probably would have been our main event. This this Cody story goes back to what the 80s in Madison Square Garden when Dusty had this title taken from him. Grandson of a plumber, Casual viewers don't don't care because you didn't show us any of that over the last four weeks. They were talking about all that, you know, and and it's it's one of the greatest stories here. It goes back to 2006 where where Cody's sitting at OVW and he's in a car with Timmy Baltimore. They did did hit on some of that That wasn't shown on TV. That was nothing. None of this was shown on TV. This was all we taught. All it was was talk between Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes. There was no story. That was my opinion. Secondly, they're not going to let the guy who left and built a company come back and rough shot all the way to WrestleMania. Are you serious? Think they're going to let Cody Rhodes come back and do that? You think Triple H didn't forget about him smashing his hammer? Come on, man. It's all it is all calculated. But I did have a question um, I, I thought about or as we were getting ready to prepare. Do you think maybe Friday, Saturday, they might have put Cody over, but then maybe the agreement came together for this buyout and they thought, hmm, we can't put it on Cody yet because Roman Reigns is our guy. He's the face and yep. that guy heading into this merger. I think that has a lot to do with it. 100% MSG. You hit the nail on the head, man, for sure. Well, go, go ahead and elaborate on your thoughts on the match there, uh, the decision there, Jimmy, and, and the aftermath is MSG kind well, of alludes to. Maybe the sale. No, he's spot on. I, I think that has all to do with it. And honestly, I knew, I knew the minute Roman Reigns and his entrance, with his entrance when he came out, I knew right then and there, Cody ain't winning. There's just no chance. I mean, he felt like literally the boss of bosses in a video game walking out like that. I mean, seriously, that was that was boss shit. No shit, man. Just the way he came out with that swag. And unfortunately for Cody, man, I think they might have done the switch pretty sort of last minute. Because honestly, they would have sold him that WWE Championship when he first re-signed with WWE surely, right? That's what he wanted. And like Mike says, I mean, Triple H even alluded to it at the end of the show, at the press conference, when they asked him about why Cody didn't go over. He said, it's professional wrestling. The story doesn't end. You know what I'm saying? It just goes on and on and what and whatnot. With a smile on his face. I mean, he knew what he was doing. I mean, but other than that, the match was, was all right. Again, but one too many near finishes as per usual. How many crossroads did he do, dude? I mean... Six crossroads plus a stunner plus a halluva kick, and Roman was still the boss and kicking out of everything, man. I mean, seriously. And the finish though, we solo when he got when he got told to go back to the back, and he came out with a hoodie like he's trying to hide was kind of silly, but still, I mean, I kind of laughed when Roman won though. That's for sure. Oh, I I, I cheered. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy, man. Vet, for sure. Vet, your take here on uh, on this go home. Well, first Break let me say, was it the right call? Why did they make the call? Okay, first let me say, I'm I'm no 
fan of Cody and I, it brings joy to me that, uh, you know, that the villains win again. Um, I do like that. However, personally, I think it was wrong. And here's why. If they had not hot shotted the Sami Zayn thing, uh, the way they did, um, and he was still part of the bloodline and we were getting to enjoy that interaction and stuff all through this. And, um, if the Usos had were, you know, they wouldn't have even been in a position to have to face Kevin Owens or lose any championships had that not happened. Uh, then, um, I can see you tell the same story with Cody exactly the same. And then he ends up losing and it deflates everybody. Here's the issue. Cody is only going to work as a baby face for a limited amount of time. And that amount of time is going to be up. They, they, they Lex Lugered him here basically oh, yeah. is what happened. Uh, there were, you will never get, you will never get anybody as interested in fucking Cody as they were able to do. He pulled off his part magnificently. They made him seem like he should be somebody that should beat Roman Reigns, even if he doesn't. They did things with Cody that no one thought possible with Cody. This is the time to pull the trigger. The idea of saying like Cody can't be the face of the company or whatever uh, because of this merger or like, like it even matters who has two fake wrestling belts. That has nothing to do with anything. Roman will be the guy regardless of what the, the finish is in your wrestling match, okay? Roman will always be the guy. But you have to get the max value out of the baby face that you made, and you got to do it now. You got to end the bloodline now. Had you not pulled the trigger on Sammy and kept him a heel with the bloodline over a longer period of time so that maybe you could drag this out for another six months or even another year, then this ending makes sense. There will never be anybody as over again as Cody was on this night, and there will, they are not going to be able to build anybody up. I don't have the faith that they can. They can, but will they? That's the question. I don't think they will. They don't have a track record. They can prove me wrong, but just the way they laid out the story leading up to this, I think they made the wrong decision. They shouldn't have done what they did to get here if they wanted Roman to go over. And the only reason I would think that um, you would have the Usos lose the championships is to not, is to like try to swerve people. Like, like you're almost tipping your hand too much with Cody coming out and kissing the wife and all this other stuff. Usos lost all this other stuff. Like it's, it's you, you set that up. And I think they only did that. So it wouldn't seem so obvious because if the Usos won, then there's no way anybody would think Cody was going to win. Yeah, but so, Cody's demeanor looked sort of disheveled coming out though don't you think job right absolutely he did he really looked the energy was sucked right out of him i'm telling you right now like dude if i could ever fuck with my enemies the way vince mcmahon (laughs) just fucked with the Rhodes family like that was scott tenenbaum level right msg like he made him eat the fucking chili with his fucking dead dad in it like (laughs) fucked him right in front of the whole world and i like absolutely love that and then like the only thing i could see Two things that would do bigger business and I think could be bigger than Cody on that night is one, you play the long, long game that everybody wants with The Rock and you get him back here by SummerSlam and he's the one that takes over and, and brings, you know, everything. Oh, that, like, please. He, 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 the like, Rock at SummerSlam? If he wouldn't show up for and, this, he ain't showing up for no shitty SummerSlam. Well, I mean, I mean, he gets paid a lot more to do movies, whatever he's filming right now. I'm sure he's making 
10 times whatever he'd have to do to every time he wrestles he has to get yeah what is that by the way what is he filming right now i i I do want to kind of close on that harley you mentioned you know and that's the question i want to close and we'll wrap things up get out of here but you've answered you know that for your viewpoint uh what is next i mean where do you go here Uh, he's already run the cycle in the presser Heyman rambles off all these people that he's run through. Well, we got Cena, Edge, Daniel Bryan, uh, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. Now now we've got Cody, Sammy, Kevin Owens. Where do we go? Do we we recycle this thing? As you said, you know, a lot of people out there, it's got to be rock at some point. But we got a lot of stuff you have to get between here and SummerSlam. Uh, So you you got rock hard. A lot of people tend to agree. Jimmy T, do you you got maybe an outside-the-box pick, something they could do here? Not really, because they haven't really built anybody for that spot. So it's going to be interesting. Well, there is WrestleMania backlash coming up, right? But I doubt they'll pull the trigger there. Um, what about, say, Money in the Bank? Could you sort of put Cody over? This Could we get it? That's how right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm feeling too. So I think maybe by Money in the Bank, it's in London. You know, it's overseas. They might want to do something big. I can see Cody yeah, sort, of, sort of getting his comeuppance there but that's so anticlimactic compared to this though oh, absolutely it is but it's cody that, like they're not gonna i'm telling you guys i'm telling you you guys in the chat i know you don't get it but i'm just telling you like they lex luger this fucking kid so they now they're, they're gonna they turn him heel I because think, he'll because it. people are gonna lose faith in him they're gonna turn him heel and we're never gonna get the payoff which is fine with me again i'm fine with that fuck cody i don't give a shit if he gets fired tomorrow but i'm just saying they're the ones who built this up and i don't think they can pay it off any with anyone else i don't think they're gonna get anybody else up to this level well and well, the, well, no, i don't fit. think the rock is gonna come in and no, be the yeah. one i i think it i think it's a perfect now if the rock comes the in they missed. if the rock comes in roman's going over i'm telling you that the well, rock is not is gonna it. rock is not gonna go over on roman that's not happening and which right. would be the right thing to do anyway even if they do go there so, yeah. so right. I, I agree with Jimmy in regards to the money in the bank because there was an interview over the weekend where Cody talked about him and his professional rivalry with Seth Rollins. And he said he's kind of envious of Seth Rollins who got to right. win the money in the bank and cash in and pull off the biggest heist of wrestling history. So with Harnett mentioning The Rock, what if you have The Rock beat Roman at SummerSlam and you have Cody cash in on The Rock? That way Cody never and actually Roman beat, beat The Roman. Rock. Yeah, you have Roman beat the okay. Rock, and then then he cashes or, in. Or either or, Roman. yeah. You just have right. Cody cash in that night and pull off the biggest his version of the biggest heist. That's the only. That's why I I, think I, 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 I agree one hundred percent with that saying. There, I don't think there is any more Cody. Work. I'm just saying. I think yeah, he's going to right. They've killed him. They have killed him. I think it was intentional. I think they submarined him on purpose. I think they <laughs> set him up the whole time knowing that they were yep. going to pull the fucking Jenga blocks on him here at the biggest <laughs> stage at, Yes, at their own expense, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They give a shit. fuck. They're selling the They'll cut off their nose to spite talk. their face. That's what they've done. That's Absolutely. why. And somehow on still got $9.3 billion. Yeah, on the same night, they just got $9.3 billion. You're going to tell them they don't know what they're doing? Like, dude, everybody knows how spiteful these people are. Everybody Oof. knows how fucking, like, pieces of shit they are real pieces of shit man <laughs> they're real pieces, pieces of, of shit, shit. And if you underestimate how like big of a piece of shit vince mcmahon could be oh my god dude and that whole family triple h fuck triple h i hope he hears this <laughs> fuck him i ever see him i'm spitting in his fucking face i know what you did and you're a fucking scumbag 
I hate you. I'm fucking, if I ever see you, I'm spitting in your face. I'll slap you in your face. I'll fucking pull my fucking mushroom head out and stamp it on your fucking face. And there ain't a damn thing you can fucking do about it, son. Don't you fucking forget it. I swear to God, I swear. I hope I fucking cross fucking paths with that one motherfucker. He's a gutless fucking spineless fucking prick, dude. And in the position he's in, the, the fucking person he likes to play on fucking TV, for him to fucking drop the ball on a fucking person that fucking means something to me and means something to a lot of people and should mean a lot of something to a lot of people in this fucking sport, fuck him. And if I ever see him, it's fucking on site, motherfucker. I don't care how old he is when I see him either. It's on fucking site. Period. Save that. Clip it. Yeah. Fucking. And yeah, Kaz, get on that. Yeah, yeah I'm clip it. Fuck you, Triple H, Put, you fucking little bitch, dude. Fuck you. I hope you, fucking just keep that fucking heart running long enough for me to see you, you fucking piece of trash. Um, do you? Sorry. I mean, no. I was gonna ask just to follow up. I mean, The Rock is under WME, right? Agency, which is all under the same company now. I think. I mean, so I mean, I I wouldn't. There wouldn't be a reason why The Rock wouldn't work with them now in the future, right? I mean, they're gonna be conglomerate. Um, I think The brand. Rock has his own. I think he might be under oh, okay. his own yeah, thing now. I think now. Josh is right. He is okay. under his own, yeah. So he's under yeah. His own. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I thought maybe they were all under umbrella or something like but that. But they all aren't, dude. Like CAA, I am, you know, all those fucking agencies out there. And they're all right, Joe. We're too. getting up against it. We're up against it. We, we, we covered all. We're, we're I, I just dropped bombs. <laughs> You're dropping bombs, atomic uh, bombs here. Uh, sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Heartnets hate for the H. Brought to you by Preparation. H, uh, it's what the sponsorship here is. Jimmy T, hit them plugs real quick. Well, you can find me at the pwcnetwork.pumming.com. If you want to follow me, you can at DJ Massifex and also at the PWC Network on Twitter. Lock and right here at channelattitude.com where you can find all our shows also. And at hummingmediagroup.pumming.com where you can find all our affiliate shows. And that's about it. But. Opinion Haver at all your favorite social media platforms every Wednesday. Uh, Next Level Wrestling Review with Big Ray Hernandez, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, And uh, Impact Attack later tonight, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Brad and I will talk about Impact and Multiverse United. So check that out. And check out uh, Wrestling with Rip Rogers every Friday, live Q&A. And everybody supports Stevie Richards. Hey, uh, also, you guys got Mondo on this week, right? Uh, yes, on, yes, I'm uh, trying to double confirm that, uh, but he has been booked. So I'll put it that way. You know, wrestlers. So let's tune into that one. Uh, Florida man, uh, without death threats or anything, uh, where, where the hell can we just follow you for all your happy time? He's so fucked. He don't even realize it yet, but he is so fucked. But, uh, yeah, besides that, I mean... Go watch the vet. Like he knows what he's talking about. Listen to Jimmy. He knows what he's talking about. Go if you like South Park. Go listen to MSG. He knows what he's talking about. Otherwise, like I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and MSG, it's been a while since you got to say goodbye uh, on a wrestling platform, man. Yeah, that's right. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Matthew underscore Schaffer. You can follow my podcast at South Park Pod on all podcast outlets. Over 170 reviews. The first 11 season reviews are up. We drop a brand new podcast every Wednesday morning and shortly in video format on YouTube. Go ahead and check out also Connecting People Through Wrestling. That's my boy, Chris Parkhurst. He's got the sign guy you see all over the all over the TV shows and stuff like that. So just use the hashtag Connecting People Through Wrestling anytime you're out at an event. And one more thing, because you mentioned Rip Rogers, check out Derby City Championship Wrestling. What he's working with there. My co-host, Dane Becker, is also the director 
for Derby City Championship Wrestling in Memphis, where Rip Rogers uh, is working with them as well. So that's all I got. Hey, uh, 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 the continued HMB tie-in. You got your buddy there. Rip is there. Just had got phone conversation with him last night. He's just got signed on to work some gigs there. The Beast. Ted McNailer is going to be with Derby City Wrestling. So looking yeah. forward to checking Ted out all that. Content. My co-host are best friends. So, yeah, that's fine. Oh, very, very nice. There we go. The, the, the HMG tie-ins continue to rock and roll. Uh, but again, thanks to everybody for joining us here. Special start time. After, hey, if you like this afternoon start time, let, let it be heard. Let it be heard. I don't think it's going to do anything. So we'll be back here next week at 830. Uh, fucking getting up so damn early. I hate it. But hey, it was fun this afternoon. That's the, the Hameen and his travels back home. He's out enjoying himself on, uh, on the beach right now, I'm sure, with a cocktail in hand. Uh, lobster tail by his side. But again, thanks everybody joining us here Monday at Locker Room. Make sure you follow the Hami Media Group across all social media platforms at the Hami Media Group. On site. On site. On site. On site. Ari Endeavor was mentioned throughout this entire process, yep. and now you're the last person standing. Why the WWE? He decided not to body slam me. <laughs> but, um, you know, he brought together in a um, pure play UFC and the WWE into a new publicly traded company. Um, it's very rare to get iconic brands like the UFC and the WWE uh, together, um, together. I mean, individually, they're incredible assets. Together, with the flywheel of Endeavor, which we've built, I think makes them unicorns. Let me say it another way. Go. This is the biggest thing Ari Emanuel and Vince McMahon have ever done. Yeah. Combining forces like this is there's nothing like this. There's never been anything like this. We've been talking about this for a long time. There were this a lot of other suitors sure they here. were you know but Ari really the synergies everyone was, was very interested in us and, and I appreciate that but the synergies that Ari brings totally different than everyone else so the Saudis were said to be interested sure Liberty yes. said to be interested mm -hmm. and others yes and you had your pick yes and Endeavor and here he is the place right. well you know the fun thing we've known each other for 23 years he when I was a young agent, said, you know, why don't you represent us? It was an honor then. Throughout the pandemic, we got even closer. We sold the media rights. There's a lot of trust here. Um, but I think we built a flywheel that Vince realized the value. And what we did with UFC, he could see what we could do with his assets. Um, and I, I'll just give him a little credit right here. You know, he saw cable when nobody saw cable and he built a national brand way back in the day when there were about 15 different promoters out there. He, he built an in-house sales force to sell the product that nobody had, pay-per-view, took it public, and last but not least, I think, you know, five, six years ago, he went direct to consumer when none of us were thinking about the right to So us being inventors with Vince, and now you're sitting there with a the guy who's seen around the corner better than anybody in our space, and him being able to play with our flywheel, just look out. That said, 
many doubted we would ever see this day, that you would ever be willing to sell a controlling stake in right. your company. Right. You are the WWE, and the WWE is you. So why? Uh, it's, it, it's the right time. It's the right time to do the right thing. And it's the next evolution of WWE. I could probably do what Ari is right now with UFC. It'd take me 10 years. You know, the time I would grab those 10 years, it'd be 10 years ahead of you. <laughs> so it's like, it makes all the sense in the world for all these synergies that we have you know, to extract all of the value we can out of the marketplace. I can't help but wonder, and I have to ask you, had the scandal not happened, right. would we be sitting here today? Absolutely. Why? Because it makes sense. You take the, nothing's ever happened like this before. And again, I'm always looking what's best for our stockholders and what's best for the company. This is the best thing that's happened in a long, long time. All of the WrestleManias combined have been 39, including uh, tomorrow. Um, does it really equal to the magnitude of, of what we will do together? Did that event push you towards this day faster than you thought you'd ever be here? Um, no, it didn't really in and of itself, no. But uh, it's great that we can combine all of this news together at the same time. You know, I, I was talking to him when we didn't go public the first time. He and I started talking about we should be combined, right? I've, I've, been, in I've been in business with him actually for 23 years, seeing what he's done, like I was in business with UFC for a long, long time. And so I always thought about this combination, especially with the Endeavor flywheel that we could add on to it and what that could become. And putting it into a new company as a pure play, um, uh, there's nothing like it out there. And then I also think it shines a little bit. He, he gets value, which I don't think is captured presently in the nope. WWE. We don't get I don't think we got pure value for the UFC combined. I think the market will understand it. And I do also think for the Endeavor shareholders, they'll have a different perspective on Endeavor and the remaining assets. Is this a good day for good Vince day. McMahon and it's the WWE? A, or is it, is it a great day? Is it a tough day as well? This, this company's been in your family for 70 years. Mm -hmm. Is it a tough day? No, it's a great day. You know, things have to evolve. We have family, business, it all has to evolve for all the right reasons. And this is the right business decision thus far as the right family decision. What I thought was interesting, Ari, is that Vince is going to be the executive chairman yep. of the new company. Right. That implies that he is going to have a say. Well, I would have said the following. I would have body slammed him if he thought he was going to leave. <laughs> um, because as I said to you before, here's a man who has seen around the corners at every beat over the last 40 years of this business and has a vision for where this business, way before a lot of people see it. Him now being able to utilize what we have built in our flywheel, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Because I got Vince McMahon, a visionary that sees around the corner. I got Dana White and what we've built, that's pretty unstoppable. So you wanted him to stay? Oh my God, yes. Oh my God. Did he have to convince you to stay? Uh, not that much. Would you have been content? I love what I do. I've loved building WWE all my life. It's my passion. And to have an opportunity to have it grow like this in an exponential standpoint is like, can't be better than that. It's an interesting plot twist. <laughs> because not a lot of people saw this coming. In fact, your own CEO, Nick Kahn, told our David Faber just back in February, quote, Vince has declared to the board, to me, to other upper management, he is 100% open 
to a transaction where he's not included in the company moving forward. Sure. You were ready to walk away? Absolutely. I wasn't going to let him. And let me see, we have a relationship for 23 years. There's a trust. There's a friendship. When you're going into business and going forward, I think that's important. I'm glad he chose us because it was a very competitive situation. Um, but for us, it's an honor. And also, we're so lucky because of his vision about where the business is and where it's going. The deal values UFC, you mentioned some numbers, $12 billion and WWE at $9.3 billion. That's a big number. Well, here's what WWE's I, market cap is six and a half. Here's what I would say to you. Exactly why we did this, because I think we weren't getting the pure value. I don't think the WWE was no, getting we the pure value. Combined, it's, uh, it's rarefied air, the two of us. And I think the analysts will be able to do it. It's good for the shareholders of WWE and for the shareholders of, of Endeavor. And then when you look back, I don't believe that the Endeavor shareholders were getting pure play for the rest of the assets that we had. And I think for the first time, you now have the ability to do that in both situations. And that's a win-win, which is what Vince and I have always talked about. When I throw those kind of numbers out to you, I mean, the, the word on the street was that you wanted $9 billion. Mm -hmm. This values the WWE at 9.3. Right. So despite everything that's happened. I'm a visionary. Well, you hit the number. <laughs> yes, deservedly so. But here's what I would also say to you. We paid a fair price, um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, we paid a little bit for control premium. Um, with our cost cuts, their new deals coming up, which is right now, um, and um, our cost savings that we think we can extract from the business right now and grow the business with all of our levers, whether it be international sales, domestic, sponsorship, gambling, all the things that we do. Um, I think it's right, right. I would also say to you is, when I bought IMG, everybody said I overpaid. It was actually one of the cheapest deals in sports. For sure, when I bought the UFC, everybody was like at 4.2 billion, they were like crazy. We've tripled uh, the EBITDA in that period of time. And now with this, this is gonna be UFC 2.0 um, as it relates to all the things in the flywheel that we can bring. Um, to them. And we have unbelievably attractive economics. The balance sheet's incredible. Our uh, debt ratio is less than three times. Our free cash flow conversion is unbelievable. So I think when people look at this business on a combined basis and also look at the remaining assets for both shareholder, it's incredible. Are you still as committed to deleveraging as you've told Wall Street that you are, you, you said at a conference about a month ago, we've taken the company from eight times levered to four times. Below I'd four sleep times. a lot more if we got it lower. You still committed to that? Well, right now in the new company, we'll be at, uh, I want to, I want to make sure I say this, below three. And at Endeavor, we'll be below three also times. So I think we're doing our job there. Why didn't Wall Street see this coming? I read a analyst notes which said Deutsche Bank we believe a WWE acquisition's off the table at this point. They thought maybe you were going to go in a different direction. What did Wall Street miss? Everything. You know, listen, I, I don't think people realize, one, that Vince saw what we built with the UFC. He knows what he wants to do with the WWE and take it to the next level. We had long conversations about it. We think this is right for both, um, both groups. I think they just missed the the value proposition and the flywheel effect on both of the companies. What happens if you guys disagree? Executive Chairman McMahon right. says, I think we should be doing this. CEO right. 
Emmanuel says, no, I think we should be doing this, and this is my show. What happens? Well, what happens there is we have a little contest in the ring. <laughs> Some people I... are going to say, he's not joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. I'll wait, I outweigh Ari by 100 pounds. So I think that's the answer. But seriously, what happens if you guys disagree? Here's what we, here's what we said, right? Um, and I said it to him. If we disagree on something that we want to do, guess what? We're not doing it. Um, it's the relationship I have with Silver Lake. Um, I would never put that, and it's the relationship I have with Dana. Dana's got the say as it relates to the UFC. Vince, as it relates to the WWE, he's going to have the, he's going to have the say. We, we we have nothing to do with the creative process. Um, that's Vince's and that's Dana's situation. All the back stuff, we're going to try and do what we do. I think that's what he wants. But if there's a disagreement. That's called a relationship. We will work it out. And that's how we have it. Let me make it clear. I thought you worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> On the creative side, Vince, do yeah. you plan to be as involved as you have in the past on the creative side? Um, yes and no. On a higher level, yes. Uh, and the weeds, which I always love to get in the weeds in the past, no, can't do that. What happens if Vince says, you know what? Mr. McMahon, character, <laughs> Mr. McMahon decides dead. he wants to get back into the ring. You let him? His choice. Purely his choice. Purely. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Famous, okay. last All right. okay. All right. Famous last words. Famous last words. 77. <laughs> I know we're, we're coming you know, towards the end of, of our time, but the, the TV rights. Yeah. Um, where are we in the stage of renegotiating that, given where the economy is, given some of the concerns about the escalation in rights fees, how optimistic are you in renegotiating those fees? Well, the rights fees are now coming up. Um, here's what I would say to you. Is, have you started the, the talks yet? No. Um, they have not started the talks yet. Here's what I would say to you. Is, the number one show in cable is Raw, 1.8 million viewers, up 9% from the same period of time. 2022 to 2023, even though everybody says cable's dying, Raw is up. SmackDown, uh, I think it's 2.3 million viewers, uh, up 7%, same period, same period. And the unbelievable thing is the 18 to 49 demographic is the best in the business. And the rate card is way below market by a significant amount. Um, so when you think about those things, and in my opinion, and Vince and I talk about this, content's king. There's, there's linear players, there's cable players, there's the SVOD players. Everybody wants the young demographic, the social. I mean, we're across the board, male, female, young, old, both assets. Um, I think they're going to get uh, a proper price. And the idea here is there's nothing like the two combined. It's live. That's really a key, because our events are live. People want to watch live. Yeah. One of the reasons why we are a success and continue to be a success and can fit in every, every, every medium, can fit everywhere. Uh, and uh, in terms of social media and everything else, we, we fit everywhere. Before I let you go, I want to ask you specifically about how, I want to ask you about how you think about your legacy, given where you, Took this company, mm -hmm. what's happened, 
in the last year, the regrets you may have as a result of all that, and how you think your legacy will and your story will be told. Well, let me just say it, I've made mistakes, obviously, you know, both personally and professionally through my 50-year career. I've owned up to every single one of them and then moved on. I'm not sure you know, the legacy stuff, I'm not going to write it. So I don't know. Um, I want to say it's someone who had an extraordinary amount of fun, great passion for what they did, and wound up doing the biggest deal he's ever done in his life. You say you're not going to write your legacy, but you did make that deal that you get a multi-million dollar payout if the company gets sold and you control your IP. So in a sense, you are going to write your legacy. <laughs> How about that? I just did. <laughs> you wrote it for me. What about that deal? People thought that was rather peculiar. Which deal? About the getting the payout if the company gets sold and then also uh, owning the rights to your intellectual property so that you can tell your story if you want to. Um, it is what it is. But let me just say my opinion, because we talked about this, I think that's fair. It is his legacy. He's the one we're coming together. He's the one that you control his legacy. It shouldn't be controlled by somebody else. And that's actually fair. A legacy, he's built 50 years. It shouldn't be held by anybody else. It should be held by him. That's the right thing to do. When do we get a name for the new company? We're working on it now, actually. Very soon. Very soon. And when do you expect it to go public, as you say, on the New York Stock Exchange? Hopefully in the next four to six months. So, depending on the government. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it very much.
PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.